Greetings, I am Graven Ilvigo, and this is A Peak Beneath the Veil, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons homebrew campaign courtesy of Tabletop Notch. As a Goliath of few words, I will waste no more time in telling you that A Peak Beneath the Veil goes live every Sunday at 7pm Eastern at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. Already aired episodes can be found both on our Twitch and YouTube channels. You can also find those episodes right here in podcast form, uploaded every Tuesday. And now, without further ado, journey with me to Antisuyu for the next chapter of A Peak Beneath the Veil. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tabletop Notch. This is going to be chapter 74 of our campaign, A Peak Beneath the Veil, but we're going to be starting things off a little differently tonight. Orba... Having made the long journey across Antisuyu all the way from the port of Urnchupa to the coastal town of Navikapura, has finally located the wizard Celis, hopefully on her way to eventually a longer discussion with Cliff Ironcloud, the brother of Salandriel, who's the wizard who taught Orba at the Halls of Transmutation. And we're going to dive into a solo session, which will then be followed by a short five-minute break while we let everybody else come into the room, then we'll come back and we'll do all the usual shout-outs. We'll do a little bit of, you know, saying, hey, hello to everybody. We'll do the typical recap of last uh, episode at that point. But for now, we're just going to dive right back in. So I'm going to roll the uh, character intro, the usual sort of intro slate. Okay. Gives us a little clean wipe. And when we get back, we'll jump right back in. Stay tuned. We hope you enjoy. And welcome to Tabletop Notch. With the pages hovering just in front of the light, the cipher lines up the symbols, and you read aloud the words that appear. The gods are not forever. The mortal makes the divine. I am a reaper. It is my time. The last syllables hover on your lips, and you feel a comforting cool, like toiling all day in the sun and then dipping your feet in a cold stream. Feeling ascends from your ankles to your knees, then to your waist and your chest and your neck. You look to Celis, who raises his chin and widens his eyes in wonderment. And the thought strikes you that for however long you've been waiting to unveil this mystery, he has been waiting far longer. For a moment, something that sounds like 
a pipe leaking gas hovers in the back of your ears. A hushed hiss that grows in volume until you can make out that it's whispers. A thousand muffled voices repeating the lines from the page. Whispers grow and grow and then go quiet. Celis reaches out and touches you on the hand. You didn't realize just how cold your extremities were until you felt the warmth of his, and yet it's his temperature that feels unnatural to you, not yours. All your life, the magic power that you possessed was learned, achieved through careful study an academic understanding of how each material component, each somatic gesture, and each shift in vocal intonation would set the threads of magic in motion. But what you feel now is something new, something raw, something unlocked within you, as if a mage of a time past had bestowed upon you their knowledge, but you haven't sifted through the pages of their life's work. A library opened up in the back of your mind, that you've yet to set foot in. It would seem that you did not come all this way for nothing. That is good news. Let me show you something. Okay. And Celeste stands. He opens the only door leading out of the kitchen. There was that hallway that leads up to the stairwell back out to the outside. But he opens the door, the only other and exit out of this room as far as you can tell. He walks through, and he motions for you to follow. It's pitch black inside. With the exception of the light coming from his staff, he still has his staff lit. And you can tell the room is large as soon as you step into it because the cantrip, you know, sheds light out to about 40 feet. And your dark vision can even extend 20 feet beyond that, and still you can't see the exterior walls of the room. So it's quite large, open room. The ground is made of stone, and it's covered in imperfections. Chipped rock, scorch marks, indentations. This is where I practice spells, or perform experiments perhaps too dangerous to do at my own home. There is a pillar in the center, and I will light, and it will light up the entire room. Follow me. He starts to walk, slowly, sort of, he can see with the light, so he can see the ground in front of him, but he's careful, he doesn't want to sort of rush his way there. So he takes sort of slow, methodical steps, and you follow behind him. You can hear both yours and his footsteps kind of gently on the floor. It is an incredible thing to be a wizard, is it not? Yes. The magic at your fingertips, the intimate understanding of the limits of the arcane, but there are those whose power is given, not earned. And I speak primarily of clerics whose connection to the divine is a unique dynamic. There are other worlds, other universes, other planes of existence that have a much stronger connection to the gods than ours. Places where the power that a cleric wields 
is unmatched, supreme. But the strands that connect the gods to our world are thin, relatively speaking. And because of this, wizards here have thrived. Whereas in other worlds, the gods would strike down any mage who threatened their power. For thousands of years, the balance between mortal and divine was kept by reapers. The longer that a god stays connected to our world, the thicker those strands get, the more powerful they become. Killing a god is a misnomer, but it was a reaper's job to cut these strands before they became too thick, thus severing the connection between a god and our world. Do you understand? Yes. When a reaper dies, a new one is chosen by the spirits of the dead. It takes time for a reaper to realize their potential and carry out their duties. But normally this is not a problem. There are more than one reaper. And it takes more than a couple of decades before the god strands get too thick. So there is time. But what if, and he starts to slow his pace a little bit, there was someone or something tracking down reapers before they became strong enough to defend themselves. Generations going by, reapers dispatched over and over, and the strands growing ever thicker because there is no one to cut them. The gods would grow in their influence and their audacity. And that is what we are seeing now. Salandriel saw this happening. She vowed to try and find a reaper before they could be tracked down and killed. She vowed to send them somewhere where they could be protected until they were powerful enough on their own. Her post at the Poles of Transmutation was perfect for this. Reapers are often gifted in magic at a young age and the halls brought in talented young wizards from all over the world. Now, in methods unknown to me, she was able to identify students that she thought had the potential and sent them north to her brother and to me. She would send decoys as well. She was worried about who might be tracking them and how they might be being tracked. But only those carrying the correct page and the correct item were the ones that she truly believed had a chance. Now, you are not the first to come with the page and the item, but I hope you are the last. And he gets a couple steps forward. He's reached this kind of marble podium that's sticking up out of the ground. And on top, there's a sort of glass sphere on top. And he leans his staff kind of against it a little bit. And he touches it. Cliff shared this belief that a balance between mortals 
and gods was paramount. He is not a man of magic, however, so the duties of identifying and guiding Salandriel's selections fell to me. And he touches his hand on top of the glass orb, and he mutters a spell. The marble starts to glow a brilliant white that fills the whole room. You recognize it as the daylight spell. It's basically a more powerful version of the light cantrip. It illuminates a far greater area. And as the light stretches across the floor and up to the exterior walls, you start to see remains. Skeletal remains. Dozens of them. Humanoid, but different sizes, shapes, races, littered around the perimeter, unceremoniously positioned as if not intentionally laid to rest, but struck down by a great force. Anno that Solandriel intended for only those with the correct item and page to be tried as reapers. But with every passing day, the gods become more powerful we become more desperate. So instead of sending the decoys away, I gave them a chance. She couldn't be certain after all, could she? So every man, every man, every woman who reached us from Salandriol, I tried. I tried to see if they could be a reaper. All of them have failed. But that is where I hope that you will succeed. And he takes a step backwards away from you. And he mutters something. And he holds his hand up. And there's a little bit of rattling the ground around you. And after he finishes that incantation, closes his fist and disappears, having casted the invisibility spell. And the light from the orb remains, but you look around and you're alone and you listen until you hear a sounds like the door that you came through has closed. And you hear a little more of the rattling. And the bones around you start to shift in toward the center of the room from different, a femur from here, a spine from here, drifting across the floor of the room, and finally meeting at a point maybe 15, 20 feet away from you bones crackling together until they form a kind of misshapen skeletal figure that finally stands up straight and looks at you, its jaw kind of loose on one end. It puts a skeletal hand up and kind of clicks it into place. And it takes another bone and it snaps it in its hand that sort of forms two Blades, each made of bone, one in each hand. And it le 
leaps out at you. I need you to make an initiative. Okay. 13. 11. Okay. <laughs> it does. Okay. We enter into Salandriel's chamber here. Or by, this is the pillar that you were sort of at here in the center. Each space here is 10 feet, so this is a little larger. I tried to condense it a little bit for the sake of okay. visual. Okay. And the skeletal figure stands oh my God. across from you. Yep. Uh-huh. And it looks like it's stepping forward, taking one big step, and it takes out this kind of bone blade, and it sort of holds it in one hand, and it looks like it's coming in. But you quickly sort of sharply get your wits about you, calmly take stock of the situation, and you have a moment to act first here. Yup. All right. So he's 30 feet? 20 he's feet? He's 20 feet away from you. Okay. Five, we'll say there and there, yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20 feet away from you. Oh my gosh. All right. I don't have very many spells here. Um, Orba's gonna go ahead and first just cast do, 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 Ray of Frost. Okay. And, yes. Is okay. that a save or an attack roll? It's an attack roll. Okay. 24 to hit? That hits. Roll for damage. Okay. Uh, oh my god, what is the damage? D8. Just two damage, but your is reduced by 10. Okay. Uh, two damage? Correct. Okay. Okay. Anything so, else? Yeah, so after Orba casts it, she's gonna move 30 feet, I guess, diagonally. Okay. Uh, 5, 10. Th is that a direction okay? Yeah, yeah. 15, 20, 25, 30. Yes. She's gonna Let's scream. Take another 5 feet to the wall. Yeah. Celis! And that's okay. it. Alright. The creature, sort of bones crackling from the shards of ice, takes a couple big steps in. <laughs> It's moving speed, it's not gonna be able to reach you all the way. Five, ten. So, yeah, basically gets. Uh, no, can't go that far because of the speed. I was about to say. Yeah. It gets. So now you're about 30 feet away. It's gonna be a little fudge because of the base sizes. Okay. So he's about 30 feet away from you. Okay. So he takes a couple steps, and after taking a couple steps, he takes one of the blades and. <laughs> over the top. And he's gonna make a thrown attack here. That is a 15 to hit. Okay. Yep, okay, that hits. Okay. You take seven piercing damage as the bone slashes you on the way by. And you can hear it kind of clatter against the wall behind you. And right after that happens, you sort of look back up to him and he, and it goes, and he summons the bone back to him. Alright, okay. what's up? Alright, next up. Oh god. Orb is gonna cast Maximilian's Earth and Grasp. Okay. The Earth and Grasp comes up. And she's gonna just try to hit this guy down. And okay. Where do you want it? Do you want it between you guys? Yes, please. That would be stupendous. And you have to make a strength saving throw. Okay. Um, I will tell you, he looks pretty strong. Yeah, pretty I know. big, but. Uh, okay, 14. Saves. Okay, the hand comes up and it tries to grasp the bone, but you can see it kind of just wisp its way out between the fingers and the hand comes up empty. Anything else? Huh. Yes. 
My, Ma- Maximilian doesn't get an opportunity of attack, right? I don't believe so. I don't think so either. Yeah. Okay. Because it doesn't actually make attacks, it squeezes, I think. Yeah, it doesn't like make a proper attack. But, however, if he throws the dagger potentially through the hand, is that considered like a, a uh, Yeah, that's, that's, that is, um, there's cover involved there. Yes, he's throwing it to her. Orb is going to take ten more feet to that. This way? Yeah. Five, so I guess it's still a little bit in the way there. Sure. Or is it always in the way if it's in melee range? Like, it's right up in front of his face, so even if she's not in the projectile Yeah, it's path? not actually a creature. It has to be a creature okay. within five feet to, like, get the disadvantage, if that's what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's, it's a spell effect. It's not a creature, so... Okay, so it won't... It won't have disadvantage, no. I'm right. saying you could hide behind it and you'd maybe get the benefits of, like, partial cover. Okay, it, it might still... Yeah, be kind of where you were okay. is kind of right between. We'll say that. Yeah. Great. That doesn't mean you can't move around it, but yes. Um... Silas! <laughs> and that's it. All right, not restrained in any way. The the speed, the slow only lasts for that one yep. round, and right? Yeah, he's back to where he is. Yeah, he's gonna get all the way up to you. Yeah. He kind of bones kind of crunching against the ground as it runs. One of the ankles kind of hanging limp, but each time it hits the ground, it makes like this sickening cracking noise. But without pain, it sort of trudges forward, and it's gonna do a multi attack once with each blade. Uh, that's a 18 to hit and a 22 to hit. They both hit. They're both hitting? Yeah. Uh, you take 7 slashing damage and then 9 slashing damage. Orb is out. Orb is out. <laughs> With two mighty blows, Orb is just starting to kind of try and get her bearing. And you feel yourself hit against the back wall and you can feel the blood trickling down your chest. And the hand disappears in the back of your vision. You start to slide down the wall and you see the skeletal figure kind of in a kind of victory wail. And your vision blurs and there is silence. And for a moment you sort of hover on the in-between of life and death. And then you hear a voice. Eyes open, Orva. It's time to get to know the real you. And you have the sensation of something lifting your head and your eyes blink back into a kind of soft focus. You see the face of a young girl, spectral features that you recognize from multiple times before. The same one that gave you the flower and guidance at the new Kelkian temple in Mukwu. But there's something different. You feel more connected to her now, as if she was an extension of you. She doesn't reach out with her hands, But all the same, she pulls you to your feet, willing you to stand, and filled with an unfamiliar strength that tethers you to this world. The skeletal beast sees you rise, and it was kind of walking away, and it turns. And you sense something in it, seldom detected in the undead. It's fear. 
The girl holds her arms out at arm's length right in front of you. So she's in between you and the beast. She holds her hands out. She puts her fists together. And she draws them apart, pulling at the threads of the ethereal plane. And with great difficulty and concentration, she produces a long spectral pole that seems sort of ambiguous in its sort of whether it's solidified or not. And she turns it to one end and blows on the end. And in doing so, it seems to kind of draw from the very essence of her being. You see her lips dissipating ever so slightly as it forms a blade on the end. And it's taken the form of a great necrotic war scythe, which she holds out to you. And as you grab it, for a second it seems like your hand's just gonna pass right through it, but you finally feel the strength of the scythe. And you lift it, and it's surprisingly light for something that's a good 10 feet or more in length. You sort of move it around with surprising agility. And you take a look at the creature across the room. And the girl whispers in your ear one more time. Nothing is forever, Arba. And it is better that way. And she disappears. I need you to roll for initiative again. Okay. Three. Six. <laughs> so the creature takes one big step towards you and sort of still getting your bearings, holding, feeling the weight of the scythe. It comes in and charges forward with one strike. Natural one. It jabs one out and you duck down and again, you're sort of marveling at the weightlessness of the scythe that you're able to get down so quickly and it sticks into the wall behind you. And you come back up. All right. Would I be able to swing this thing? You this can. Thing? Write this down for me. Okay. Plus five to hit. Okay. Yep. And 1d10 plus 3 necrotic damage on a hit. 1d10 plus 3 necrotic. Yep. Make an attack for me. She's gonna like aim right at his femur or something. Alright, here we go. 10 to hit. 10 misses. Okay. So with your first sort of feeling the weight of the blade, sort of struggling to kind of maintain your concentration after just sort of waking up, the sort of wave of emotion hitting you feeling like it was your last moments, You're sort of a little distracted, and the creature is able to kind of duck out of the way of the blade, and it comes right back in with a multi-attack. Uh, 11 to hit and 18 to hit. Um, what's my HP? Do I know? Just keep track of it for now. Okay. How much damage you take. A new, a new tally of damage. Okay, uh, I'm gonna cast shield, actually, so the 11 doesn't hit, just the 18. Great. You reach into the back of your mind, for a spell that you know to be there. And for a moment, it's like you're searching and you're not sure if you can find it. Everything's sort of reorganized in your head and you're not exactly sure where to pull from, but it's there. And the shield comes out. Uh, so one of them hits? Just the 18 Just the 18. Uh, seven slashing damage. All right, Orb is gonna just feel her feet in the floor, grab hold of the scythe one more time, and give it another swing. 
Make an attack. That's a 23 to hit? 23 22 hits. to hit, sorry. Roll for damage. Okay. D10. That's 12 damage. 12 damage. This time the scythe passes through. And you're sort of knowing the material mortal world. You're waiting for the scythe to kind of catch onto its victim and pull at the bones. But it almost passes through and as it does so, pulls sort of strands of energy from the bone. It goes all the way through and like pieces of bone are kind of dissipating and drifting into the air as you're kind of literally pulling the energy out of the creature across from you. It goes in for another attack. Okay. Uh, that is a 15 to hit. Uh, okay, just uh, six slashing damage. What are you up to right now? Uh, I have 13 damage on me. Great. Another strike. <sighs> Alright. Orba's getting the hang of it, so she's gonna take the scythe straight up and then smack it down on the head. Make an attack. Right. Need to hit. It misses. Try to bring the scythe up and down, and the skeletal creature steps out of the side. You can see a little bit of the fear in its eyes, sort of more deftly attempting to avoid the strike this time. And it comes in for another attack. Uh, ten to hit. Ten misses! <laughs> this time, sort of, after missing the strike, you know that he's coming in quick with another attack. And as he sort of brings the blade up, you dodge out of the way. Orba's gonna switch hands here, left on top. Okay. Nice sweeping motion right at the neck. Make an attack roll. 18 to hit. 18 hits, roll for damage. Okay. D10. That's. Yes, D10. Yes. Eight damage. That. Eight damage? No, six. My apologies. Six total damage? Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> my only D10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here. Thank you. Okay, another striking again, pieces of bone chipping off and then just disappearing into the ether. And it's sort of, you can hear the bones clattering and the sort of spectral energy that's within all of the bones kind of keeping it together is like leaking out almost as if it's bleeding, but you've never seen a, a skeletal creature bleed in that traditional sense. And it goes in for kind of a oh, desperate thrust. Uh, 13 to hit. Uh, eight slashing damage. What's that total? Twenty-one total. How's this guy looking? He, I mean, like I said, he's sort of the bones, the pieces that are together are falling apart, little pieces kind of crumbling to the side. Oh, seeing that orb is gonna just close her eyes for a second and think of how Erlen kind of approaches enemies with these like melee stabs and she's gonna take a step to the right and as she does use like her body's equilibrium to kind of swing from the side. Make an attack roll. Eleven to hit. Eleven misses. Off to the side. And the two you sort of breathing heavy, even with the sort of light weight of the scythe. Just not used to that kind of, you know, physicality in your combat techniques. Yeah. And the creature sort of limping towards you, spilling arcane energy, kind of dripping to the floor. It's gonna go, his bone weapon that he's been using is kind of cracked a little bit. He throws it to the side and <clears throat> just goes with a skeletal hand. Yep. 
six to hit. Misses. At this point, Orbit's just getting really frustrated that it didn't work, and she's gonna take the butt of the of the glaive and just and just try Great. Make to make it. Natural twenty. Roll for damage. Okay. Oh, it's been so long. Oh, sweet babies. All right, double the die. Ten, so thirteen total. Show us how it's done. So Orba just grips the the staff as hard as she can. Just sees one spart on his stomach that's just kind of oozing blood, and just sticks it right in and gives it a little dig. And as you twist and pull. You push it in, and once again, it's almost like you're ripping at its very essence, and the sort of essence of the creature drapes over the end of the scythe, almost like wet rice paper over a fork or spoon, and you just kind of push it through and pull it back, and then it just sort of slides off, and that glowing kind of arcane necrotic energy that was holding it together has been pulled out of it, and the bones... Clatter to the floor. Emma just takes like one deep breath in and then just lets out like a shrill scream, the highest pitch she can manage, just like bloodshot eyes staring down at this thing. Norma stands there. And you look at the scythe in your hand, the energy coming from it. Something new that you've never used before, and yet you feel like you've used it a thousand times. Rushing back to you, waves of knowledge passed down to you. This is Orba's Reaper form. This is an entirely different loadout. It's a wizard, but it is an entirely different loadout of available spells <laughs> and skills. You will come to learn that while your stats are different in Reaper form, uh -huh. you have a lot of new skills that are not sort of uh, the same ones that you have uh -huh. as a traditional wizard. There are things that remain the same. You are still a tiefling, still the same size, you still have like hellish rebuke, all of those same things. You draw from the same pool of energy, so any spell slots used in one form carry over to the other form. Okay. There are ways to change between the two forms. So you can't be both forms at the same time. Okay. You can be Reaper's regular form, or Orba's regular form, or Reaper form. And as this knowledge is rushing back, and you start to pick together the pieces of all the things that you now know, that is where we're going to take a brief five-minute break and call back the rest of the cast while Orba takes a look at her new form and all the things. Oh, there was something. I don't think that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's unrelated. Right. That's where we're going to take a quick five-minute break. We're going to bring in the rest of the cast, and we're going to pick it right back up from there. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Orba did it. Well, yeah, well done, Orba ladies and gentlemen. Who needs pure Discovering a new part of herself. We'll be right back. Thank you guys so much. Hello, everybody. Welcome hey. back to Tabletop Notch. Thank you for bearing with us while we go through our transition um, after a wonderful solo session with the Orba. Was it? Yeah, it was fine. We will be back with How the wonderful. 
remainder of the cast and finding out what happens in Naupa and Wamparanina. But first, we'll do our little spiel. Shout out subscribers, oh. you wanted to mention a couple names? Yes, I did. Um, Shades of Blue resubbed last week while we were off. Um, 25 months, so thank you so much. Whoa. Somebody named Tony Toots already resubbed. If I miss somebody, I do apologize. I was a little distracted. Um, but other than that, I didn't Thank know. you guys very much. You're yeah, thank you. the world to us. Um, any other announcements? Uh, you were about to open your mouth, so I didn't say anything. No, I was just a uh, uh, bated breath. <laughs> just a gate. Oh. A, gate. a gate. Well, I am prepared. I have them memorized. It is <laughs> National Food Day. Oh. What? Can't beat that. Food. But the food, the honorary food of today, which is also a national day for it, is bologna. National okay. Bologna Day. Well, bologna has to yeah, share with, with National yeah. Bologna Day. And after all that a distinction celebrating, food, <laughs> you, can, you can hit up World Restroom Day, which is also today. Oh, I think it's a sequential order of events. Fill them up, blow them out. I think that's <laughs> why. You know, why? thank goodness for all the different kinds of why? restrooms. <laughs> but yeah, enjoy that. Anything else? <laughs> I think so. Alrighty. Are you alive? Maybe. You we'll know find what? that. We're <laughs> define alive. Alive. Um, we are going to throw it to the intro once again just to give us a little reset. And when we get back, we'll dive right back into the recap of last week's episode. So let's roll that intro. Oh, shit. Chapter 73, Finders, Reapers. There was time to spare before Orba's appointment to prove her legitimacy to the wizard Celis. So Erland requested they stop by Bottled, an alchemy shop owned by Niels Bagas, who he suspected had some role in the micrawl business, or at least had something to do with the mutant that was spotted south of Leopold's garrison. On the shelves, we spotted pouches with the embroidered N, presumably the same kind that shocked the mutant into a moment of lucidity. But Niels gave nothing away, and we didn't have anything concrete to accuse him of. So we exited his storefront and spent a bit of time theorizing in the thoroughfare before heading back to the Upa Alehouse <laughs> for some food and reflection. As it turned out, it was taverns for all, as Bazaar and Graven had arrived at all hands on deck, looking for leads. The place was packed, but thankfully the barkeep was not immune to a bit of bribery giving us the room number for the private investigator we'd heard about earlier in the day. We found Villapont Willoughby mired in his own vices, but quick to prove his competency, 
as he'd already learned of Graven's visit with the cleric in the Garwas. His services were more helpful to Graven than Bizarra, as an apparent falling out with Senku Uberti meant he generally tried to stay out of her business. But he still had plenty to say, though his current obligations were an obstacle to taking on new clients. If we were willing to lighten his load, he'd see about setting up a meet. So off to Wilson's Cleaver house it was to get him to drop his round-the-clock retainer. Before that, however, Bizarra scoured the bar for Hatchet, a known Mycrawl dealer who had been spotted talking to Mr. Two before he went missing. Like some others we'd run into in Navikapura, Hatchet was hardly an open book in the presence of outsiders. <laughs> but he did imply that a good way to get to know each other was to indulge in the potent drug that he was peddling. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a dangerous proposition, so we asked for a little time to think. And at the opposite end of the city, the chatty bartender Satiria was giving the others plenty of information to digest as well. She told us that the Rediran elves had reached out to Cliff Ironcloud, hoping to relocate their people, which was of particular interest to Erland, who had promised them help and money prior to our scouting mission in the Shocky Mountains. Satiria's other topics of conversation were, thankfully, a little more lighthearted. A traveling musician was set to perform tomorrow at the alehouse. A hedge maze was open to the public at Boffin Estates. And perhaps most interestingly, weapons expert Sarn Darrow was giving a demonstration with his graduating students at his training grounds. Erland and Safira found their way there and were both impressed by the scope of his expertise and shocked by how openly he advertised the use of myconid extract in his accelerated program. <laughs> My word. <laughs> it was apparent that the dark sides of extract use were either lesser known or better hidden in the north, and as the elves pondered what this might mean for our respective missions, the sun had set, which meant it was Orba's time to take a trip outside the city. Her magical detection guided her to a door in the forest, where she finally stood face to face with Celis. Allowing her inside, Celis presented Orba with a book containing symbols and sketches, very much like the ones on the page she'd been carrying since her time arriving in Antisuyu. He showed her how the book was a cipher, and explained that if she was meant to speak with Cliff further, she would be able to read her page as she held it up to the key. With bated breath, Orba held the paper to the light and spoke the words she saw appear. But without knowing what it meant, we could only wonder, would this knowledge help explain why Lady Salandria was so adamant about sneaking Orba out of the Halls of Transmutation? Could access to Cliff Ironcloud produce a contract to bolster Erlen's case for remission? And is it bad form for Graven to ask a favor from a man he just publicly humiliated and pummeled? We find out now, on Chapter 74 of A Peek Beneath the Veil. At the far end of the room, <laughs> a delicate shimmer warps the light as Celis drops the effects of the invisibility spell. He's been watching. It seems he never left the room. And you see his face struggling to reconcile some degree of shame with the overwhelming sense of relief, having finally found you. I'm sure you're not entirely happy with me, but you don't need to be. You only need to come to terms with what you are 
which is two things. One, capable of a great balancing power that can restore the equilibrium of gods and mortals. And two, far from ready to take on such a task just yet. I'm going to speak with Cliff tonight. I want you to take some time for yourself. I may not join you. You may not join me in what? Speaking with Cliff. I wasn't going to take you tonight, but once I speak with him, I imagine he'll very much like to speak with you. Are you saying that tomorrow, if he sends for you, you will not come? I will come, yes, of course. Like I said, take some time for yourself. See some friends, have a drink digest what you've learned here. Stay in town. Cliff will send for you tomorrow. And when you meet, try not to hold my transgressions against him. He was not aware of the sacrifices that I have made here. Really? He knows what I was meant to do. But as far as he knows, I sent the others away without another word. But I couldn't take that risk. And I couldn't explain it to him. Because he is not a man of magic. Sent them to the halls? Sent them to where? We are not bounty hunters. I did not tell him we sent them back to the halls. I simply said they were not the one. Have you heard anything from Salandriel as well? Not in some time. You do not know if she is alright, if she... I know that Salandriel is alright when another wizard arrives at my doorstep. That is how I know. This search has gone on longer than you think. <clears throat> the ones that escaped around my time? glances around the room. Here. Not all of them. That is good, I suppose. I thought that being captured would be the worst possible thing to have happened to them. I will be forthright in saying that when I meet with Cliff, I have other things that I wish to speak with him about. Specifically about the people that I travel with. I'm sure that's fine. Okay. I believe he has plans for where to proceed from here, if you wish it. And I hope for all our sakes you do. Alright. Um, I suppose I won't keep you any longer. Do you need to know where... I am staying. Do not be frightened or surprised if over the course of the next 24 hours 
You spot acolytes in dull blue robes watching you from a distance. I will be having associates of mine keep an eye on you for your safety until you've spoken further with Cliff. They will otherwise not interfere with your affairs. All right. Okay. I feel like I have a million questions for you and yet I don't know what they are at this point. Take some time and think. This is only just the beginning, not the end. I look forward to seeing you again. And he seems a little taken aback by that. She'll give him a little bow. He does, and he sort of moves out of the way, pushes the door open. We'll start heading out. Well, walks out, pass into the kitchen. You see the books sort of stacked up, the one still open on the table that you held your page up to. All of the studying, all of the time that he spent here pouring through these pages, finding the combinations and the letters. All this time spent looking for you. You start up the stairs, but lead back out to the forest. And all the things. We're gonna jump back in time a little bit as Orb is sort of working into the night here. We're gonna go back to where a couple other people were, which was a little bit before the true sort of fall of night. What's up? <laughs> in the waning hours of daylight, you put some distance between yourselves and all hands on deck. And in doing so, you move heavily against the grain of traffic. The more those working at the docks finish their shifts, the more bodies swarm to the popular tavern. You get the sense that while they enjoy their off hours as much as anyone does, this is a population happy to take on the extra workloads that have come their way since the development of the ports. More boats means more coin in their pockets. And the smiles on their faces reflect that. So you have a little time here as you're moving away from all hands. <laughs> Hopefully, Cleaver will have something simple that will subdue him and let us get some time out of Philippont. I certainly hope so. I mean, if he's willing to tell us anything after you pummeled him. Well, I don't know. Awful to, awful to throw a fight or something in public. I was going to say, he's probably afraid of you now. I don't know if he's afraid of me, but... <laughs> if anything, I can try to intimidate him. Maybe he finds me unsuspecting. We'll see. <laughs> well, no offense. No, I, I understand. <laughs> oh, man, I just think it's probably not the best. I mean, you could intimidate him. I just don't know if that's the best course. <laughs> Maybe if he feels that two people are now, two parties are looking out for him. We don't have to say that Willoughby is completely abandoning his wishes. Like, like we would spend time just listening to hear people talk shit about him. If it gets us what we want in the end. We'll see. Oh. It's 
kidding. And with the miserable proposition <laughs> of having to sit around town waiting to see if people talk shit about Wilson Cleaver. Exactly. They start to walk a little more. Oh you take little notice of the many people that pass you by. All kinds, dressed mostly in sort of laboring attire, a lot of people coming in from the docks. Until there seems to be one heading very intentionally and directly for you. It's moving quickly. And almost on a collision course until he stops, maybe 20 feet away. It's a half-elf man with a short salt and pepper hair scratchy-looking 10-day beard. After pulling up abruptly, he pulls out a pipe from one pocket, opens another pocket on his vest, pulls out some tobacco, and starts to sort of put it into the end of the pipe, pack it, takes a little match, and blows a little stream of smoke. The vest that he has is unbuttoned, slipped over a white shirt that's also haphazard in its appearance. Enough of the buttons undone that a tuft of chest hair pokes out. And the entire ensemble is tied together with a combination kind of leather strap and utility belt. Goes over one shoulder and around his waist. I can't <clears throat> sleep on my left side thanks to you cracking my collarbone on the way out. So explain to me how it makes sense. I'm happy to see you. And you see the face of Mohan Fowler, who you last saw at Leopold's garrison before your escape, very shortly before being apprehended by Jillian Casibo. And he kind of gives you sort of a muted, tight smile as he purses his lips around the pipe. He looks around a little bit. You'll, uh, excuse me if I can't exactly give you a hug in public. I understand, sir. <laughs> You've healed nicely. Why does it not surprise me that it wouldn't take you but a month to get back on your feet? Well, you certainly gave me inspirations. <laughs> I got word from a couple of my boys that someone was running around town. A halfling that looked an awful lot like the one that we chased out of Leopold's a while back. Oh, really? That was something I had to look into myself to believe it. They're not actively looking for me? Well, I take it the gentle void has granted you a stay of execution or you wouldn't be out here showing your face to every passerby. That is true. I'm on a very interesting journey. And this fella, he's what? He's Graven. He is a friend of mine. <laughs> you can trust him. I've learned to. Right. Raven? This is a friend of yours. Mohan Fowler. Graven. <laughs> so, how'd you get here? <laughs> well, I was captured as I escaped, of course. Um, yeah, well. Can't win them all, I guess. Right. But, in the end, I I escaped, but with friends in tow. And now I'm still on the journey to real freedom. Huh. She was about to be turned in for a lot of gold. Is that not something that you were interested in doing? Seems the gentle void pulled that contract a while back. 
<clears throat> I was hoping maybe she'd tell me why that was. I am contracted to search for chess pieces. He sort of looks around. Right? You just go shouting that everywhere you go? <laughs> Honestly, sometimes. <laughs> but I know it's not something to really announce. But to you? I'm flattered. Apparently those bizarre stones gave you better luck than I thought they would, so... <laughs> I'm glad I swiped them when I left. I hope it wouldn't be construed as inappropriate or presumptuous for me to ask you if you'd like to take a look at the house I bought when I got here. It's right on the water, just like we talked about, remember? I'm happy for you, sir. Thought we might be able to have a more in-depth conversation out of the way of prying eyes and ears. I'd like that very much. Can you spare her for a moment, big fella? I suppose. Unless... You would like to come. I think you'd better talk to him about that. <laughs> I think it's gonna be odd enough having you follow 30 paces behind me so no one sees me walking with you. He might draw the eye just a little bit more. Of course. I will join you. I like that. You seem to know a lot about the gentle void. Boy, I am the gentle void out here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I just turned and like he helped me escape before being captured by Jillian alright well maybe he knows something about if you're not being looked after by the entire gentle void there is at least one person who we met on the road I know can, can I describe the, uh, the red skin the, the tiefling, tiefling. Yeah. yeah to him or to her? To, to him. It was a, a tiefling that we, on the road, that was after, that was... Uh, Stalled and took a good look at us. Is he someone that you work with? Maybe you let me and Bazaar have a little chat. Uh, and uh, oh, no. she can relay back to you whatever she feels she trusts you with. How about that? Should I be looking out? Should you? <laughs> I haven't heard to be looking out for a Goliath if that's what you're asking. Good. You got some reason to be? I don't think so. No more than her. I have many. <laughs> Let me just say goodbye for a moment. I'll walk slow. Follow behind at a decent bit. Sure. He starts to kind of slowly walk in the other direction, kind of north up toward the docks. <sighs> Alright. I'll go talk to Cleaver. Is there anything you personally would like me to ask him? Uh, ask the gentle void? Uh, He's... Does he know anything about why Saphira's face is all over the boat and crown? <laughs> I could definitely ask him Does he know that, that tiefling? <laughs> He is very much on the inside, and but very much on my side as well. All right. Well, I suppose I'll I'll meet you back at the either the dock the the dock or 
uh, the bar. Yeah, the bar, or um, if for some reason the, the deck, the, the docks. Deck, <laughs> deck, the deck, the deck She's like at the docks. Either at the deck, or if for some reason that is a hot locale, the. Um, <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, if it's something wrong, if something right, goes wrong. Right, right. He just laughs and says, if, if it's too much. Yes, if it's too hot there. I, the, 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 do you remember the Broken Crown outpost when we first came into this yes. district? The, the, the abandoned one. If for some reason we can't meet at the bar, I'll meet you there. How long do you think you'll be? Oh, how long do you think you'll be? At least until tonight, I would imagine. Sure. Be careful. Cool. Thank you. You too. Good luck. And you see as Mohan's kind of walking, he steals a couple looks back, and once he sees that you're behind him a little bit, picks up his pace a little bit, and kind of follow him, you know, at a little distance, so you're not walking side by side. And you watch Bazaar kind of walk off there toward the docks, once again, sort of against the grain of traffic, headed generally in the direction of all hands on deck. And we go over... <laughs> The sun is just about set as Erlin and Safira exit the training grounds of weapons expert Sarn Darrow, taking a moment to digest the program's brazen usage of the Myconid extract and what that might mean for widespread distribution in the Vigapora. It's possible you'll arrive too late to partake in the festivities this evening, but you are ambling away uh, from the more densely populated parts of Nuupa and toward the farmland estates, where you heard from Satyria that some kind of maze had been cut into the crops as a contest or challenge. It's on the way back, in the direction of the alehouse anyway. You start to see these properties that put a glamorous spin on the agricultural life. These vast acreages of crops, grains with impressive sprawling manners that mark the homes of those who were clever enough or lucky enough to claim the Navika River's most fertile areas back in the early days of its development. One such residence, as was pointed out to you by Satyria, is Boffin Estates, a two-story mansion that in sheer size rivals your experience of the Mullifair tasting back mm -hmm. in Urinchupa, though the Mullifairs were more isolated and certainly had more guards and security measures, perhaps suggesting that while the Boffins aren't exactly hurting for money, they might not have their hands in as many diverse ventures that would require extreme precautions for safety. There's a series of signs and lanterns that are leading not to the house itself, but back toward the fields, where coming into view is a colorful festive display of flags and flowers woven into these arched wooden arbors that lead to a little pathway cut into the wheat fields behind them. There's a painted piece of fabric that reads, Boffin Estates History Maze, and there's a <laughs> pair of men seated at a table near the entrance, sort of one of them in a fine frilled purple vest, and a silver bow tie. So you're not all the way up to them. You kind of see them off to the side. It was in the direction of the, the alehouse anyway. So you guys are walking along. How, um, I would say quaint, but it's quite grand, actually. <clears throat> yeah, I suppose it's not the most <sighs> hidden away place to perhaps... Oh no, definitely not hidden. There are signs that got us here, Ellen. Yes, I'm just... <laughs> Remember the reason I So hang on, are we scoping... We're not actually scoping this out for a location, are we? For... I thought perhaps if we could gain oh. the upper hand by... Well, what gives us the... I suppose we walk if in. We, if we can... You think we can learn the maze tonight? Look, uh, perhaps, perhaps, or we could ask the, okay. the, the two... 
I mean, maybe you're better with directions than I am, but I certainly can't. (coughs) It seems sort of uh, closed at the moment, but we can ask at least. It's an option. I'm just trying to figure out the best place so that this doesn't... What are you going to ask them? Hey, do you mind if if we we stage an ambush in your maze? No, do you mind if... Can we... Can we try the maze? Right now? Do you think they're going to let us in after all? I mean, I suppose we could bribe them, but I don't know. Sure, or we could simply okay. say, hey, is there a, a solution to the maze? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, hang on. Hang on. Do you think this is hey, like... No, how do, how do you think this works? They've got like a a, a key? An answer key for you? Hey, walk I through. assume so. What if a child got lost in it? They need to rescue the child. There must be some sort of. I suppose that's true, but I would think key. that maybe they just know their way round. But I, I don't know. I, you can ask them whatever you want. If you want to go ask them, if there's no harm in I'm going to start approaching <laughs> the guys. And the guy that was in the sort of frilled purple vest and the silver bow tie sees exactly. you guys approaching. Yeah. And he kind of comes up to you, sort of grabs himself by the lapels a little bit. Hello, hello. I'm Odwick Boffin. Welcome to Boffin Estates. Oh, right. If you are here for my history maze of challenges, yep. uh, I am afraid we're closed for the evening. Oh, right, sorry. Uh, well, I encourage you to come back tomorrow. At what time do you open tomorrow? Uh, we will be open at uh, about 10 o'clock. We'll start letting people in the maze. Nice. Look, when, we're, we're from out of town and we may in fact be uh, leaving in the morning and we heard such good things about your maze from uh, Satyria. We don't... For at the, at the, um, and she told you to come at night? No, she mentioned oh, that it was a, a, a wonderful sorry. sight to see. You just want to walk. And, yeah. uh, but because this we is... are probably leaving in the morning, we need not uh, compete in the sort of uh, trials, it seems, that you run, but we are hoping that we could perhaps have a look. And if, you, if you're here, would you perhaps show us around? Well, the, at night time, it's, it's, it's hard to see in the maze. I'll tell you what, you come by early in the morning, I'll let you first ones in. And for, what time is early in the morning? Oh, nine o'clock. We'll be leaving much before then. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's oh a God, shame. Just so right, well, much if much our better. plans should change, um, then, you know, we'll let you know. But, but Thanks, we appreciate it. Uh, yes, and as he said, Keanu gives you a little bow, and there's a little sort of sculpture of his head on a nearby post, uh-huh. and as he bows, it seems to kind of trigger something, and it makes a noise that sounds very much like when you were in Josco's <gasps> castle. It's the magic mouth spell. It's able to, like, make an inanimate object basically speak out. And as he bows, it starts to talk, and it's like, the integrity and distinction of Barton Estates, and he goes, oh, oh, and he starts to, like, cover up the mouth a little <laughs> Scattered throughout the property, there's a number of, uh, oh, of these wow. that teach you all about uh, Boffin Estates, oh. and, uh, where we come from, and, and that kind of thing. It's this yeah. one's sort of temperamental, I'm afraid. Ah, Does right. anyone know the, um, I assume people solve the maze. Uh, yes. Is it, is it a challenging maze? There are three flags hidden throughout the maze. And the the challenge is to go in and get all three flags and get out, and we, we time you. We see who has the fastest time. Ah. Well, right. has, have you ever lost anyone in the maze for a significant amount of time? Has someone, someone gone in and not been able to come out and you've had to rescue them? No, it's it's rather small maze. I mean, it's not small, like, but it would, be, it would be difficult to get truly lost in the maze. Okay. Well, you have a beautiful property, and if our plans change, we'll, um, we'll try yeah, and we will let you know. I will be happy to try and squeeze you in. Ah, he sort of picks up kind of a ledger that looks like it had a bunch of people's names in it, and he starts gives you a nod. He starts with, to walk with the magic mouth spell. That's a that's like a 
Josco didn't invent that. Right? Oh, no, that's no, not that's not. Okay. Yep, that's, that's a spell. Hey, I know that. You know that guy. You know that cardboard guy? So he starts to kind of walk away, and there's one guy kind of left at the desk that seemed to be, you know, not dressed nearly as fine in such fine attire that's kind of left there, sort of gathering up some of the papers and things, and he watches Odwick Boffin kind of walk towards the manor. Uh, excuse me, sir? Yeah. I couldn't help but notice that you're sort of, um, glancing at me and my friend, uh, here as your, I assume, boss walks away. You're looking to get in the maze? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you just overheard the conversation. Yeah, we'd like to see it. You wouldn't be interested in, uh, a quick bit of coin, would you? A quick bit of, uh, do you need a favour? See, the, uh, prize for this thing mm-hmm. is actually pretty good. Okay. But the, uh, house staff is not allowed to do the maze, because we know the maze, obviously. Right. So, uh, I was thinking maybe. He sort of peeks back towards Oddwick, walking towards the manor. I'll show you how to complete the maze real quick. You come back tomorrow, do the maze, we split the prize. Mm. What do you think? What, what is, what's the prize? What's the prize? It's a very nice pair of pearl earrings. Pretty valuable. Oh, nice. Um, Does that seem true to me? Make it inside. It's a fucking pair of boots. <laughs> Ten. It did seem true as far as you can tell. He's pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. Sort of had that ready to go. Ready to get the I was waiting for someone to come by who was uh, from out of town because I didn't want him to sort of suspect if you completed the maze real quick. It was someone that, you know, I tipped off. Right. Didn't uh, want to pick one of my friends to do it. <laughs> sure, makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we could be interested in we that. We could probably delay our travels. Oh, for sure. Uh, and oh, come yeah. back in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that seems fun. Just one of us would run, I assume? Um, yeah, or you could both do it, but only one of you is going to win. Sure. sure. I mean, we, I mean if I you teach it to both of us, perhaps just in case one of us mucks Raise it up. Raise our chances, yeah. right? Yes. We both come. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, sure. Sure, yes. So, when we win, then we split, we each get near it, yeah? yeah we each get, would, would they not sell yeah. for more as a pair and then we split the earnings? Who's buying a yes. single earring? Well, I would sell them to, you know, maybe Kiana's collateral if you've been I there. I would say, and I'm kind of giving Erland a squeeze on like the hand if I can, like, I would say, keep the earrings. Um, we, we wanted to see the maze anyway, and we can arrange sort of payment after. What? <laughs> you want me to teach you how to cheat the maze? Yes. And you don't want the prize no, for cheating listen, the maze? I think what my friend is trying to say what? is we'll sell the earrings and we'll split the earnings rather than they, splitting the earrings. They won't sell a single. I'm just telling you, I, I'm I'm a lady. You're not going to buy just one of them. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lady. <laughs> much worse and I have no yeah okay seven well the problem is there isn't a place to sell it here in Nalupa you have to go to a different township Keanu's or uh, the general's general and so what you're gonna go all the way there well how do I know you're not just gonna fuck off with earrings all right fine I, I really we'll don't each, want we'll each take an earring that's fine <laughs> fine Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so sure. show us then uh, uh, can we oh, take do you have a thing to take point. notes on yeah um take a little walk that way Wait about five minutes, come back. All right, sure. Okay, yeah. And as you guys start to walk away, you can see he's starting to, like, turn out the lanterns that are kind of hanging. Sort of, some of the lights kind of 
Good. So you have guys have a second here as you're walking away from him. All right. I don't think that this is the place to stage the ambush. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really honestly know why we're doing this. It seems kind of fun. What else it? are we doing in the morning? I don't know. <laughs> we have to stay. So what is this? this is a mission to kill time. We have to stay in Upa until until the ambush. A single earring. It and if we can earn up. some coin in the process. <laughs> What do, really you, what do you have against earning some coin? <laughs> I'm not against it. It's just quite. Like, it's funny. This is the this is the easiest coin we've ever earned. I, Usually we've got to go in there and fight some ghosts, but no, he's just looking for someone to solve the puzzle. Oh, it's brilliant. No, I think we got off easy on this one. I think you're jinxing it at this point. <laughs> Regardless, we'll have to I'll find up, we'll then. have to find some other place to to, to stage the to stage the ambush. I, to I didn't get... think this was going to be a good I idea anyway. I mean, I suppose if we have some kind of advantage of knowing, but I don't know. It's too small think... of a maze. Yeah, there's no. I think that corners us more than anything. I think what we do, and I'm making trying to make sure he's not. I think we try to do it in public when there are a bunch of people about, right? And, you know, that way, uh, there's some cover. The concert this evening. That's not tomorrow a bad evening. idea. Tomorrow evening. The concert tomorrow evening. Bernice Yang, is it? Yarn? Bernice Yord. Yorn. Yord? Y-O-R-D. Yord. I spelled Bernice that right. Yord. <laughs> um, the Bernice Yord concert tomorrow, perhaps, in the amphitheatre. Okay. It'll be crowded. Yeah. We can... It will perhaps be easier to slip into a crowd if something goes wrong there. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. And no funny hats, right? I think I still wear finery of some sort. Oh, to identi- listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If I wear some sort of finery identifying myself, you sit directly behind me. So a fine funny hat? Is that, what you're, is that the compromise? I'm, I, I'm just some way to identify myself. You sit nearby so that if they ambush me in close quarters, you have eyes on me. And presuming Orba shows up alive and well, she can oh. wait. Listen, she can wait up on a balcony. Presuming and 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 sort of observe from a bird's eye view. It'll be crowded. There'll be a way of escaping. I'll have cover nearby, and no one else gets hurt. Look, I like every part of this idea, except for the fact that you're going to be done up in your suit. What's the worst that could happen? Do you really need me to go through what the worst thing that could happen? If they, you're right they behind they see you me. and say, oh, "Look, the guy in the weird outfit." Well. You, I, I can't stop an arrow going through your skull, even if I'm sitting right behind you. I can stop an arrow going through my own skull, thank you very much. Mm. God. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Alright. Really, if, if you're that overconfident, then sure, put a and plus, giant target on your and back. And plus, all the Do way it. up, I don't think anyone's going to fire a bow and arrow into a crowd. Really, because crazier things haven't happened to us. No, I've no, no, nothing like that's ever happened. I mean, you're, you're right, I think that deters... Them from shooting Plus, an arrow. Hopefully, if someone draws a bow, Orba will see it from the. From and the as bucket. you guys are talking, you hear like a little. Take your fucking time, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll later and proceed. And you guys start to walk back. <laughs> and also, just to clarify, you can yeah. see that the maze yeah. is fairly big. Smoke? I mean, it's not tiny. He's just so, saying yeah. it's not so big that you could get lost. It's not the Minotaur's labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. you get lost in for the rest of your life. Like a maze from The Shining. That's what I was picturing. Like, no, it's like it's a decent sized hedge maze. Like, Boy got lost there 45 years ago. <laughs> he's like, there's still people in there. He only comes up to here. <laughs> And we head over to, (laughs) leading up the road, 
north out of, uh, kind of not out yet, but leading out of Wampiranina, having just left the company of Bazaar, oh dear. hesitant to part ways. But even without knowing their history, you could tell how pleased Mohan was to see her, which is perhaps rare for some of the people yeah. that have happened across Bazaara to this point. Doesn't happen often. It must be nice. <laughs> the sun is setting. Casts a beautiful orange glow over a small cluster of finely built timber and stone homes that have latticed windows filled in with stained glass, reflecting a brilliant array of colors. In front of one of these stained or one of these homes is a garden with a signpost that reads Cleaver Spices and Herbs. And you can peer into one of the first four windows where there's kind of a distinguished older half-orc man who's leaning back in a kind of lounge chair, sipping a cup of tea, seems to be enjoying the crackling fire that's beside him. Seems to have found the house of the cleavers. So it, it seems it's, it's also like a, a storefront. Yes, perhaps, or they, yeah. I mean, they look just like homes, but okay. it's possible that they do business here, or you're not totally sure. It doesn't look like a store necessarily. Right. Um... Wilson was the guy's name. I met. Yes. And the, sorry, the sign just says Cleaver, yada yada. Cleaver, spices, and herbs. Okay. Um, close enough to kind of speak out to him? Am I like still in the street? Speak out to who? Oh, it's a picture of a dude. No, no, you're looking at him through the window. Oh, I see. He's, he's in the okay. house. Yeah, he's a man's <laughs> in the, the older like, gentleman's I house. I thought it was like out on his no. porch, like rocking. <laughs> no, no, he's <laughs> in the house through the window. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go up to the house and knock on the door. And you can kind of see in the window as you knock, and the older man kind of puts his head up, and you see him kind of. <laughs> um, and another half orc <laughs> shuffles in, sort of an older lady who seems to be sort of wearing a nice sort of gown that's draped down around. And she comes, you hear a little bit of shuffling, and the door opens up. Hello, dearie. Unfortunately, we're closed up for the day. You'll have to come back tomorrow if you'd like to place an order. Fair enough. Um. I actually was looking to see if Wilson was around. Oh, are you a friend of his? You could say that, yeah. Make a persuasion check with advantage. Oh my god. <laughs> Why did I have to say it so weird? Um, <laughs> nice little old lady. I should have just said yes. yes. <laughs> um, persuasion check with advantage. That's my thing. 17. Oh. I will say, he had a bit of a tumble earlier today. Is this important? It's difficult for him to get out of bed. <laughs> um, I... Funny you should say it. I'm sorry to hear. I'm actually a, a healer. Oh. Perhaps I could attend to him in <laughs> Did some he way. tell you to come? He, well, he didn't exactly send for me, but he's expecting me. Oh, make a persuasion check. <laughs> 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 Advantage again? Yes. Uh, no. No. No, no. no. Come on, Trudy. Persuasion again. Oh, 19. Hey. Let me fetch him. Uh, why don't you come inside? Have a cup of tea. Thank you. She leads you inside. And you walk in and immediately... The floorboards groan a little bit under your footsteps. The house is clearly very old. They're very well established in this area. Like, very fine, but but an older sort of building. Floorboards creaking a little as you step in. You kind of duck under the door frame a little bit. And you look into the kind of lounge area where the older orc gentleman is sort of looks up. Oh. Hello? Uh, this is, um... Graven. Graven. Uh, he's here for Wilson. I'll go get him. And she sort of shuffles off. He's his parents. I know. He's gonna be so mad. <laughs> would you... Would you like to sit? 
please. Find, the, the, find the biggest chair sure. that I can. Yeah. And he takes a little cup with a sort. There's sort of a pitcher, and he pours a little cup of tea and slides it over to you. And there's kind of an awkward moment where the two of you are just kind of sitting here. Hey, how's business? It's very good. Mm. So, where are you from? Mountains, uh, Shocky Mountains, oh. originally. We do trade with some of the Goliaths in the Rapra Mountains. Mm. They bring us rare herbs that are endemic to the mountainous regions. Mm. And uh, are there any rare herbs indigenous to the Shocky Mountains? <laughs> you sort of you can see his eyes yeah, kind of yeah, light yeah, up yeah, at the prospect of a new business partner. Um, is there stuff that... Uh... Give me a nature check. Oh, jeez. That's, that's not a good one. <laughs> um, three. Three. Oh, not that no. you can remember. Mm. Uh, not really. <laughs> what, uh... <sighs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> what do, uh... The... What was the mountains that you just... Rapro Mountains. What, uh, what do the people of the Rapro Mountains get in exchange other than gold, perhaps. Money, primarily. Do you have a deal with Mycanid Extract? No. Mm. Not really an herb. Not really a spice. Right. (laughs) How do you know Wilson? Oh, you know. Hang around at the, uh, the deck enough, you to know a lot of people. Mm. He spends a lot of time at the deck. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Wouldn't say a lot, but it is <laughs> quite the gathering place. Where are you? Oh my god. Um, <laughs> do, do you most of your business out of your home here? We discuss business here, yes. But do you have a storefront somewhere else? The other buildings that you saw when you came in, uh, one of them is a proper storefront. Bit of a complex here. Yes. Fascinating. Finally, you hear a little <laughs> coming down the stairs. You can tell there's some labored steps coming down that sort of, you can hear a little and finally sort of peeking in the edge of the room. You see Wilson and he's coming in and he's got sort of his hand kind of at his rib cage, sporting some serious bruises on his chin and around kind of his left eye socket. He's frequently kind of touching his ribs very gingerly. Hey. Evening. Hey there. Hey, uh, friend. Hello, I heard you uh, had a bit of a tumble. I... He sort of looks at his mom and his dad. You? Yeah. I did, I had a tumble. Could you guys give us a second? And his mom kind of, oh, all right. (laughs) She sort of scoots out, and the dad kind of gently puts his tea down. (laughs) You might have the room. He gets up, sort of shuffles his way out. As as soon as they're, like, out of sight, I'm going to, like, like kind of put my hands up. Like, I I don't mean to invade into your home like this. I'm not... I didn't think you'd be that stupid to do that. What do you want? Why are you pretending to be my friend? <laughs> I would. Ho- I was 
hoping we could exchange a favor. I take it you weren't able to find Villapon. Was. But what are you doing here? He needs a bit longer of a leash at the moment if he's going to do any work for me. And? <laughs> and he needs to know that you would allow him to back off a little. You realize after the thrashing you gave me earlier, there's never been a more important time for me to know who's talking shit about. So it's my fault. I can't spare him is what I'm saying. Two days. Make a persuasion check with disadvantage. That is not persuasion. Seven. I'm afraid I can't do it, okay? I need him right now. Besides, what are you gonna offer me? I could heal you right now. What else? <laughs> what is it that he does that I could take his place for at least a day? Do you have the network of spies that he has all throughout Wamparanina? Do you want me to throw a fight for you in public? And you see him kind of Idea. How public? <laughs> I don't care. In the middle of the bar, if you want. The middle of the docks. <laughs> Prime time out. <laughs> 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 you see him get a big grin on his face. That way, even the people coming in off the boats see it happen. <laughs> and I want your little friend there too. All right. All right. Back-to-back fights. You throw them both. <laughs> Two thrown... Oh, no. It'll be hard enough to convince everyone that one fight was legitimate. How's your acting? Oh, yes. <sighs> one fight, but it'll be good. Make a persuasion check with disadvantage. Oh, no. Little friend. One uh. and a two. So, oh, yeah. God. Alright, we'll see go do some push-ups. I need Villapont. If you want Villapont, those are my terms. Two throne fights on the docks. And you heal me now so it doesn't look bad. Ooh. <laughs> 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 it's just piling and piling Taking now. For a ride. You think that anyone's gonna believe in my condition like win back Fine, the come here. <laughs> sort of comes in closer. And I'll, like, hold against his side and take... <laughs> Take my thing out of my uh, shirt. What do you cast? Cure wounds. At <laughs> just at space level. Yeah. Go ahead and roll for the heal. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's a green one. Touch his side. Cast whole person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That would Listen, be you, <laughs> you fucking. You let him go when I tell you to let him go. Um, cure wounds one d eight. Oh, full, full yeah. heal. Eight plus three. Where's Magic that energy shit kind of we need. Yeah, I know. Pulses, hey. pours <laughs> into him. And immediately you see him kind of wince for a moment and then... Oh. I haven't been able to stand up straight all day. Well, you're welcome. He sort of flexes a little bit. Oh. Now, all right. we have to make it look legitimate. Okay. Do you have any suggestions? I may have one, but what do you... Suggestion for what? 
My suggestion is, I beat your ass, and you let me do it! It's not that simple. Listen, it's some, some kind of pattern. Mm. We, should, we should talk about it now. All right. Something like, I'll always let you punch first. <laughs> what if we alternated where I would first copy your moves? Whatever punches you throw, I'll throw the same. After I throw them, then you, then you throw the same. I would throw the same thing back. But then, every other, I would do the opposite. It's, uh, it's too complicated. I'm not going to remember all this. Oh my god. How old was he? Like 17? Why don't you just... Get hit by my punches! <laughs> I'll have a tell. Alright. If I... <laughs> if I'm punching high... I'll blink. Uh, harshly. First. <laughs> okay. What? And we'll keep it at that to keep it simple. And what if you're going low? I won't blink harshly. There will be no blinking. I so well. And your friend is gonna do the same thing. Yes. It should be something different. They're gonna see it. She's got long hair. She'll fix her hair. In the middle of the fight! She'll move it out of her face. Move it out of her face. That's good. If it's going high. Yes. I'm very little. It's not gonna be that high. <laughs> 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 I can busy him. Uh, this is true. Alright. This is good. This is good. <laughs> I, I hope I haven't offended your parents in any way. So no, no. They love you. Oh, <laughs> they love you. My mom came upstairs and said that there was a nice gentleman there to see me. <laughs> good. No, no, they love you. Alright, All right. what is this high time that everyone will be? I think by nine o'clock, the docks will be. Humming along. Nine o'clock. And before that, I'll find Villefont. I'll tell him I don't need him. All right. Two days, you said. Please. Two days. Now, is it as simple as we bump into each other and start a fight? Do you need any kind of... Yeah. You be there, and then I'll call you out and say, you cheated yesterday, and then we'll fight. <laughs> Oh, as in word has already gotten around that I've beaten you. Yeah, so then I say, oh, I, I know that you cheated, and you say, yeah, I did cheat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. All right. Yeah. If you're willing to do that, but if, if it doesn't go that all way, right, all right. I'm going to tell Villapon that I need him back. Yes. Don't worry. <laughs> Do you know where people can get Mycanid extract in the city? Why? Curious. Mr. McKenna, at the short ports. Alright. Is that where we're meeting? No. Tall we're meeting ports. Tall ports. More people there. Maybe I'll make a stop. 9 p.m. A.m. What? 9 a.m. <laughs> Tomorrow morning. Yeah. 
Why would the docks be swarming at 9 p.m.? I don't know. <laughs> that makes no sense. I'm not from here. It's dark. I got it. I got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, rest up. All right. I'll see you there. Yes. I want your friend there, too. Don't yes, screw me on yes, this. Yes, yes, my friend will be there. All right. Fine. This guy. So the two of you stand up. You start to walk towards the door, and you can hear from the other, Is your friend leaving? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Close the door. Thanks for the tea. <laughs> and as Graven ponders what he's gotten himself into, that's where we'll take a short break. Yeah. Himself, both of us. <laughs> Possibly both oh of you. Oh my yes. gosh. Um, we're gonna take a little break yeah. to stretch our legs and things. Yeah. FF reset for twelve months. Thank, Thank you so much. Oh. Thank you so much, guys. Seriously, it means a lot to us. Yes. We'll be right back to find out possibly the reunion of Orba and the Elves and to see what uh, Bazaar has in store over with Mohan Fowler. Oh my gosh. We'll see you on the other oh side, guys. We'll be right back. Tabletop Notch is made possible through the support of fellow adventurers like you. Please consider subscribing to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. Best of all, you can do this free of charge with an Amazon Prime subscription. Not enough for you. So be it. Follow us on Instagram at Tabletop Notch and Twitter at Tabletop underscore Notch for updates, announcements, and other amusing content, so I'm told. If you miss an episode, venture to our YouTube channel for recaps of previous chapters. And now, back to A Peak Beneath the Veil. Welcome back, everybody, to chapter 74 of A Peak Beneath the Veil. And our story takes us to the coast of Wamparani Na, and following a little ways behind Mohan Fowler, as instructed. You pass along the north end of a wide boardwalk that runs along the coast. The smell of the salty air and the ocean breeze, while enjoyable from a distance further upriver, is nothing compared to experiencing the docks firsthand. Beyond the last row of houses staring out at the ocean horizon is truly breathtaking, and the ships, so varied in their sizes and design, evoke feelings of faraway places, make Navikapura's ports feel like the place to be at this moment in time. The north half of the Navika estuary constitutes what the locals refer to as the Tall Ports, a true engineering marvel with piers that reach so far out into the harbor that on a foggy day you'd swear they were a bridge to another continent. The ships docked here are massive, galleys and carracks that could house a small town below deck that are an excellent showcase of Wamparani Na's best qualities as a port of trade which is how deep the water gets very quickly that allows these larger ships to come up close. You have only a fleeting moment to marvel, however, because Mohan leads you further along until the boardwalk becomes a path, and the path becomes a dirt road. Once removed from the din of the working areas, you start to see homes and high foundations lined up along the water, as relaxing a set of properties as you've ever seen, most of them with wide-open balconies, porches that face out towards the ocean. Mohan arrives at a two-story building made of a whitish stone that has a sizable fenced-in area out back where there's a number of horses grazing. And you recall his affinity for the animals from your days traveling with him. He heads up the steps of the porch, and finally he turns around 
And he motions to you with his hand. Come on up. If anyone's watching at this point, fuck it. <laughs> Make your way up. Take a seat. Enjoy the view. Uh, bear back. Okay. Opens the door. Goes inside. And you take a moment to kind of sit here. You look out at the water. Sun pretty much down along the horizon. Cool air kind of washing over you. You kind of breathe in all of the senses, the sights, the smells, the sounds of this kind of place that should have been yours once upon a time. And sort of just fell short of your grasp. The moment passes. Mohan returns. Sort of pushes the door open with his shoulder. And he's got two bottles in his hands. Bottles of wine, from the looks of it. I don't know a fucking thing about wine. But being one of the gentle voids harbor masters, you do occasionally get gifts from those who incline to kiss a little ass. Hmm. What do you think? Riverbed wishes or northern hearth? Hmm. Let's do the wishes. Wishes it is for you, northern hearth for me. Oh. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh my Cork. god. And you guys drink quiet for a moment. Sipping straight from the bottle. Gonna cheers. <laughs> and yours is a kind of crystal clear white wine. It has a fresh nose of flowers, lavender aromas. Has some fruity notes. It's a very pleasant, refreshing taste. And Mohan sits back with his bottle. So. Here we are. How'd you do it? Escape. Get here. Well, I took your lead and went under and was chased, unfortunately, but I made it out. And then I was captured by someone. Captured by who? One of ours? Someone by the name of Jillian. <laughs> you know of her? No. Do I believe that? I think that's a <laughs> <laughs> Now he's lying to me. I heard the ports, but that was really fishy. <laughs> Persuasion, right? Mm -hmm. Five. Can't pick up any detection that he is or isn't. So you got captured by this Jillian, and then. I did. She locked me in a cage, actually, and um, we got intercepted and. I was actually able to get out. And then everyone else that we met along the way that she was after, we... The Goliath fellow. Yes, and three others. We sort of became friends, completing tasks, bounties, and just helping each other find what we're all looking for. Sounds fortunate. It is, but I'm technically still on the run, as you probably know. Well, like I said, that contract got pulled, and I was quite eager to find out how exactly that happened. Well, it's stalled for now. I've been contracted myself to find the chess pieces for someone. Yeah, you said that. And... You didn't say who you were looking for. On whose behalf, I mean. Um, well, his name is uh, Thomas Pindle. 
I know, Tom. <laughs> oh! It's nice, sweet. What do you know about him exactly? Uh, well, I never met him myself personally, but the guy has a reputation from his days at the archives down at the Ackley River. Hmm. Standard step on anybody to get ahead kind of reputation. Yes, well, he did not treat my family well. But you're taking his help. If it gets me the freedom that I've always been after, in honor of my mother and father, I guess so. I ain't saying you did wrong. I'm just saying, be careful. Trying. It's, it's been tough. There are a lot of pieces to get. Well, I've heard. I don't blame myself. I don't have those kind of aspirations, but... Good luck to you, I guess. Do you know of anyone currently succeeding in their quest for them? Uh, I don't know. Um, again, it's not really something I keep an ear out for. Right. I'm sure that some of the wealthy people in Navikapura play or have played, but the names I'd have are the ones you probably heard already. Anybody who's got money. Assuming I can trust you, I would hope you'd assume that. I'm currently seeking the eventual piece from Sanka. Yeah, Bertie, that's one I would have mentioned. Sure, she got money. Well, her number two is missing. And one of those wizards that goes around with her. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And she has sent me on the quest to find him. <laughs> Got any leads? Well, Butez, the tattoo artist, but he says he doesn't know anything. You talked to Butez already? At the bar. You did not talk to Butez. <laughs> <Did> I, <know? laughs> I don't know if you're trying to lie to him or not. Oh, Hatch is the guy talked to him. Butez is the tattoo guy. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. They talked to him. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I just wasn't sure if you were lying to him or not. So <laughs> yeah, he was right. Right. Stupid. Sorry about that. Um, and Hatchet. Sanka's a tricky one to get in a bed with, so to speak. I've seen her wizards around town. They go to the deck. Kind of creeps me out the way they never shed the outfits that she has for them. It is a little weird. I understand they're in some kind of indentured arrangement, so what do I know? There's better sources than me for uh, bar gossip, but I can say that one of my boys at the ports is Palomar Franco. In his off time, he's a kind of a tinkerer. He buys, sells, studies magic items, I guess. Heard him mention one day that one of Senka's wizards couldn't say for certain if it was one or two. I wouldn't know the difference if I saw him. I was asking about some items that Palmer had in his possession. Guess he wanted to know if they were for sale. Hmm. You can talk to Palmer if you want, but you not being from Navikapura and also not Gentle Boy, I'd be surprised if he'd talk to you. Do you think there'd be any way to win him over? I could talk to him, I guess. If you could, I'd appreciate it. He's off tomorrow. I don't really have time to track him down during the day. If 
it's not an emergency, I could probably get at him the day after. You gonna be in town for a spell? It's debatable, but if I need to be, I can make it happen. You can try and go talk to him before that if you want. You're welcome to invoke my name, but like I said, I don't know how far that's gonna get you. Unless you got a favor or something. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, at least I can do, I guess. Do you think it's worth it to be after these pieces? Or should I take it upon myself to just try to escape? You know your situation better than I do. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I could get you on a ship tomorrow if you're just looking to get out. From the way you spoke of it, it sounded like that's not what you were looking for. As much as I would love to just escape, earning it just feels more powerful, I guess. Annie Sue's my home. I wouldn't want to go. Seeing the way you live here is... <sighs> makes me want to find myself even more. <laughs> it's alright, I guess. Yeah. After you escaped, the heat was on me pretty good about how it happened. <laughs> Certainly those who had their suspicions that I had my hand in it. Vintner, chief among them, if you remember him. But as far as they could figure, there wasn't much benefit in it for me. Took some time, but they cooled on the accusations. The extent of the beating didn't hurt. I, I mean, it did, but <laughs> not for my case is what I'm saying. <clears throat> sure. When I was laid up in bed, recovering and spitting blood, I wondered if it was worth it plenty of times. <laughs> Especially since the likelihood to get snatched up was pretty high regardless. Indeed. Part of the reason I was glad to see you made it feel worth it seems like a weird turn of phrase. I appreciate everything that you've done. I, even though I'm still, I guess, on the run, I do feel a lot freer. It's good to hear. <laughs> you remember in that room, I gave you the club and you asked if I wanted you to beat me to death. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'm yes. glad you asked is all. <laughs> you just start wailing on me. I'm sure glad I, I did as well, sir. Stupid fucking halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you see you've recovered and that I did not, in fact, kill you. Anyway, the gentle boy detail went about it you'd expect. Had an all right presence here already, but we got our roots in deep here now. Gentle Void's the most trusted name at the ports, and most of the harbor masters are ours in some way or another. All in all, not too bad. If they, if the Gentle Void see me here, will they try to capture me even though they know I'm... Like I said, I heard from my boys that they saw you. They didn't snatch you up. I don't think there's any outstanding contract at the moment. Hmm. So what, you you get these pieces and you send them on their way? I have some in my possession, and one is on its way to the Baron, but... Any reason why you haven't sent the ones you got now? I've also 
heard that if I, in fact, become part of the Light Whistle Estate Club, then it'll make a good statement for all the halflings out there. It's shooting a little higher than just your freedom, isn't it? <laughs> yes, sir. So, I have some decisions to make. And if I don't give them all to Mr. Pindle, I have to face those consequences as well. If you're aligning yourself with them, you know what you're getting into. Mm. I'm not saying it can't take you places, because it can. He's powerful enough. You just have to know that you'll never be equals. You partner with a man like that, you make peace with being the kite tails and not the kite as you raise higher and higher. Because he'll cut you down if he gets a whiff of it. And if I were to just escape and live my life alone, would I tell him I'm done or just ignore his... I guess you do whatever you want. Gentle Void doesn't really exist much outside of Antisuyu, so if you took a boat, I don't know, he might send someone for you. How deep can you hide? I'm quite small. <laughs> Fair enough. About this uh, tiefling we saw on the road. Yeah. He... Description sounded like uh, someone that I know. He's a gentle void man. His name is uh, Saraswati. S-A-R-A-S-W-A-T-I. Saraswati. He's uh He's an assassin. Which is why I'm surprised that you say that he's looking for you and that you didn't fight him on the spot. Well, a while back, well, a few weeks, he presented me with a list of inquiries about someone that I'm traveling with, mm -hmm. but no explanation of why. I wouldn't know why. Have you ever heard of the name Orba? No. That's who he was asking about, and she is now a good friend, and I don't intend on dispelling any of her secrets. You want me to run that name around, see if it means anything to anyone? How risky is that? I don't know. I don't know anything about her. She's a tiefling as well. And Saraswati, you think he's looking for her? He asked some pretty detailed questions about what her intentions are. But he didn't go to her direct. No. So he didn't think she'd answer if he asked her. No. I'm nervous that since now he's an assassin, he's looking to kill her. When was the first time you saw him? Weeks ago, you said? At the Mullifair tasting. And he didn't try to kill her yet? Sounds like he's waiting for something. <clears throat> okay. And also, I hate to keep bothering you with... Please, I still got half this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that another person that I am traveling with is 
contracted in a, um, for the... Why can I think of the name? Crown Crown. Crown. I was going to say, yeah. She uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, broken Crown contract for a Sephira? I can't say I've heard it. Broken Crown contracts don't necessarily overlap with the gentle void. Yes, Sometimes we hear the same things, but what they're just looking to for? Someone's looking to talk to her? We're not sure. Um, Graven had had seen the man at, at the Broken Crown shuffle her, her picture, two different ones, but wouldn't give us the contract. Mm-hmm. And so we were just wondering why she's part of that. If I ask, they'll tell me. Let me see what I can find. Thank you. This, uh, Graven... Yes. He treats you all right? He is very nice to me. All right. He actually um, has helped me a lot in the journey. Although we are very different in not just in size. <laughs> we are uh, a good team. My whole life I'll take help wherever I can get it. Right. If you need anything from us, we are here. Keep that in mind. I mean, this place, it's not too bad. It ain't exactly what I pictured. That'd be too much to hope for. There's always something people to fight about. I mean, I'm not an idiot. You know, I, I know that the gentle void is an, an assembly of saints. But they have done good. I've seen it. In the absence of Emperor Pachacama, Wealthy nobles from all over sprung up, tried to seize power in various ways, and it was the gentle void that was established to give a voice to the people. Of course, it wasn't long before the strong voice was used to start manipulating people. Right. The crime that was committed used to be a way to subvert the nobles. It had purpose behind it. Now everybody's just looking to fill the coin purses up and down in Tissouya. We need a gentle void for the gentle void. <laughs> An even gentler void. Right. That's a problem for a better man than me. Are you still actively involved with them? I run the port here, tall ports. It's innocent enough. I know the things coming off the boats. It's part of the job. Do you think you'll stay here for a while? I think I will. I might stay here a long while. It's a pretty nice setup you have here. <laughs> I, I want to be presumptuous, but I got spare rooms if you're looking for someone to spend the night. That's very nice. Um, I was supposed to meet Graven either at the deck or the ports, so or the docks, so maybe we will stay here tonight. I think I got a bed big enough for him. <laughs> Push two together, I guess. Oh. He can have half of mine. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Hey, I won't ask. <laughs> Just generally, since you are someone who I looked to for a lot of guidance in the past, any other advice on this journey? I'll say that it seems like 
Up until now, not that you had a choice, really. You've been taking what's coming, which you gotta do, one step at a time. But with what you're involved in, one of these days, you're gonna have to decide one way or the other. Are you gonna stay or are you gonna go? Because if you're gonna go, now's the time to go. Are you gonna keep the pieces or are you gonna give them? Because now's the time to decide. Because if he gets a whiff that you're keeping him for yourself mm -hmm. and you're not ready for that, he's gonna come for you. You're right. Now, I ain't the man to tell you when that decision's gonna come, but you're gonna have to make it. Indeed. It might be that I send all I have and on my own. I wouldn't blame you if you did. The boats you say that can take me away, where would it lead me to? Where you want to go. This is an Avika Pura tall ports. I'd take you anywhere. You want to go to Presidium? Well, I don't want to be on a boat for that long, but you go on and go. If I have enough food and supplies, then why not, right? The Highlands, Kira. Wow. I can't even imagine. Well, you think about it. Looks like I'll be sleeping on it tonight. Hey, talk to your friend if you want to come by. I'll probably leave in the morning before you're up. I get to the docks pretty early, and sure. honestly, it's probably better if I don't leave with two of you anyway. So. Understood. But now I, I know where to find you. If my neighbors see you, just tell them you're stealing something. They'll think that's funny. <laughs> I can do that. Can I repay you in any way? Yeah. Come see me every once in a while. Hmm. That I can do. Thank you. you. Got it. Should we come back after dark tonight? Yeah, I'll be here. If I'm asleep, Bang louder. Got it. We'll try not to be too late. Alright. Thank you. Sarah finishes what? If you've drank the whole thing or just part of it, you just finish up your last sip. Take a couple steps down and start to walk along the beach away from Milan's house. And as Bizarra is thinking on what she's learned and Mohan Fowler and the history that they that they share. We'll head back over to Boffin Estates. Mm. Boffin it. Where Erland and Saphir have now been sort of guided over. All the lanterns have gone out at this point. Alright. Yep. It's dark. Mm -hmm. Ready? Uh, yeah, a quick question. So these are the, the talking uh, head things? Yeah, I'm gonna show you how to get around. Oh, great, okay, brilliant. Yeah, no, lead the way. Now, remember these, all right? Mm -hmm. He starts to walk in. First, we're gonna take a left. He starts to walk into the hedge mass. And you sort of, they're very tall, it's very impressive, the sort of construction of it. These thick sort of crop bales between each of the paths and underneath. There's a little bit of crunching underfoot, sort of strands of, of wheat and, and plants below your feet. 
and he takes there, you get to this kind of little intersection. He takes a right, and he's kind of feeling his way through a little bit. I mean, there's a little bit of light coming in from the moon and stuff. It's not pitch black, but he's sort of feeling his way through. And we take, what did I say first? God. I said a left. <laughs> good, good, yeah. And then, so you said, you, did you say we took a right or a left? We, you took a left. We took a left, took a left. Yep. Yep. Okay. And, and then a right. Okay, left then right. Left then right. Okay. And he takes a right around the corner. And you get into this little sort of opening that's sort of a dead end here in this little hay area. And there's a small sort of reddish flag sort of planted in this little area here. First flag. Yeah. All right, okay. Go back out of this area. Take a left. He's feeling along the side. And you get back to, and it looks very much like the intersection that you came into in the first place. Now this time, we take a left. Follows it a little bit. And the path weaves a little bit. So you take a left, and then there's no other way to go, but you take another left, and you take a right. And th- these are all things that you are turning, but there's no other yeah. option, so there's no other ways to go. You get to another intersection. Straight ahead. And then he stops. Points. And there's like a little, one of those little sort of carbon, not cardboard, wooden uh, cutouts of Mr. Boffin's face. Duck. Ducks under it. Sort of the implication being that if you were to walk by it, it would make, you know, some kind of noise as you were hanging out. Welcome to the <laughs> Walks along the wolf Get to another intersection. Right. Moves along. You get into another little of one of these open spaces. And there's one of the blue flags there. So now you've seen the red flag and the blue flag. Blue flag, second flag, turn around. Turns around, gets back to that intersection. Left. Get to another intersection. Left. Get to another intersection. Right. Another intersection. Right. And then immediately, sort of right after the turn there, and on your right here, and he points, and there's a green flag there. That's the third flag. And then once you're done, you exit. Where do we turn around? Or we just go keep going. Straight? Turn straight around. Yep. You get sort of to that intersection again. Left and left again immediately. Left again. Left. And then this path leads back out to the very first intersection that you got to, and straight ahead takes you back out. And you guys get to the end. You got it. Do you got it? I think I got it. I think I got it. He thinks he's got it. After the, um, when, when, when we duck at that sort of thing, how long do we duck for? You well, just... we're not gonna duck. No, no, once we get to the, no, at the, at the, the, the speaking spell. Well, why would you duck? Why would we duck? You told us to duck. Look, yeah, now! <laughs> Tomorrow! Now so it doesn't make noise. Tomorrow you're gonna be doing it, for real. Oh, it's not gonna, like, stop us and ask us no, questions No, no, it gives you history what? lessons. No. Oh, so that doesn't matter. What matters now? No, I under... Everyone, I understand. (laughs) All right, I thought it might stop us and that's everything's fine. Look, I I really want the earrings, okay? I need you to... Earring? Yeah. Oh! Earrings. (laughs) For both of us. Slip of the tongue. Oh, no. Okay, uh... Sure, sure, sure. All right, should we... Should we do a practice just to see? What? Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll do. We'll, uh, I'll. Uh, we'll do a practice okay, together. Practice. Yeah. Okay. He sort of looks around a little bit. He seems to be inside. Go now. All right. 
Samara, go in. All right. Oh my god. Gonna make a left. Gonna make a right. Grab Find the red, red flag. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna go right back out. Mm-hmm. Gonna make a left. Yep. Screws is falling. Gonna make a left. <laughs> gonna go straight. I'm gonna stomp. I look to Sapira. Duck. Some duck under the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we make a right. <laughs> and then we there's a blue flag. Blue flag there. And we turn I around. Take it, but <laughs> turn around. Yep. And then a left. And then a left. And then a right. You get to a spot where you don't recognize. Oh. Okay. Where are we? <laughs> you get to a dead end and there's no flag here. Okay. So I'm gonna Shit. go back out and retrace my steps back to the blue flag. Okay. Which I guess means a, a right. Yeah. So a single right if I made a left. Oh so back to the God. blue flag. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna turn straight around. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a left and then a right. There is no right. Make a left and then a right. Right would be into hay bales. No, to the next intersection, I mean. Or so yep. a left. So I make you a get to The next intersection you get to is either straight ahead or to the left. This is like me trying to navigate any street. This is the first intersection right after getting the blue flag? Oh, you no. turned around yes. from taking the blue flag and took a left. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. And then what's the next intersection? Is straight ahead or left are your two options. Oh, and last time we took a left and it didn't go super well. So straight this time. <laughs> go straight. And you get back to the first intersection of the maze. <gasps> and you can see him out there, kind of. Um, okay, I'm going to wave at him. Uh, I need help from the blue flag. Shh. Turn around. Left. Left. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go back to the blue flag. I'm gonna go left. Yep. And then I'm gonna make another left. Yep. And then I'm gonna make a right. Yep. And then another right. Green flag. There we go. And then I'm gonna turn around. Yep. And then I'm gonna make a left and then yep. an immediate left. Yes. And then another left. Yes. And then another left. Yes. And, and you're back. straight ahead. <laughs> and Erlen's sort of out of breath, like. <sighs> a clam opens up. And at this moment, you can hear in the distance, said. sort of at the manor, sort of. Ned! Ned! I gotta go. No. Right. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. Be there. Yes. And he just do you actually got it? You have it? Are you okay? Steel oh, yeah. traps. <laughs> <laughs> no mistakes. No mistakes. I think so. I think so. Okay. Um, so tomorrow, at, I suppose any time, it doesn't have to be in the morning, but sometime in the morning. Yeah. Alright, back to the, um, the alehouse then. Okay. I mean, fun maze, I guess. <laughs> Some quick coin, hopefully. This was a blast. <laughs> Some quick coin, I suppose. Make as I'm walking towards the he, he made a bit of a slip of the tongue there. He might try to nick the earring horse. I mean, it, it'd be a bit of. A, I mean, I I don't particularly. It's not worth anything, is it? I mean, what? It's, it, maybe a few, like literally, maybe two gold we'd get for one earring, Look, which is, and that's generous. So he like, seems charismatic, but he'd have to be stupid to try and steal earrings from us, wouldn't he? What, what, what are you going to do? You're going to fight him? Do we really have the time? Why waste the it's energy for two enough. silver? It's not that we have... It's probably more than two Look, silver. That's what I'm saying. I'm it's saying if he does give us trouble and try to nick it, I think, who cares? Honestly, sure. who cares? All right, fine. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just figure it's not worth the trouble because I, what, what I'm worried about is, again causing a scene right before we may have to leave somewhere. So if we did, you know, have to return, then Mr. Boffin might, I don't know, 
I suppose maybe not Mr. Boffin. I, I, I guess it doesn't matter. I guess we could cause a scene, but I would rather not do that for a pearl earring. I really don't think that this is going to be as sort of a complicated negotiation as you think it is. All right, I just, you know. I could be wrong. So we're going back. Uh, yes, to the Upael house. I suppose and yeah. hope all those back at this point. Yeah. yeah, I could use nail. Um, all right. Okay. Orba, where have you headed oh since God. exiting Celis's place? We came back, along the water, reached the bridge. Well, I guess before I go like back into town, somewhere in that forested mm-hmm. area, can she just kind of take a look at herself and just see if anything looks terribly different? Or... Nothing looks different. You can't. You don't have like a reflection to see something. Right, no, I just meant like looking at her. Other, than the, <laughs> other than the change in your sort of body temperature, which I mentioned, which feels yeah. very cold, but not like an unnatural cold. Still feel that? Yep. But okay. you don't, as far as the, from what you can ex- inspect, there's no physical Okay. Um, yeah, I guess Orba's just gonna start heading, she'll cross that bridge back into um, Naupa. Um, she'll go to the inn. What, I guess, do I have any? The house. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what time it is? Close to midnight. It's nine in the night, yeah. That was my curfew. Okay. You're a strong Anything happening at that, like, square? Any performance, like, impromptu performances or anything? Um, you're walking back to the alehouse? Yeah. Yeah, because that is the sort of square. The Ube right. house is that sort of... Right, so you sort of head on your way back. And you make your way to the Ube house. And when you return, it looks like Satyria and her staff have done a bit of preparation for the evening. Just Strong lanterns hung around the courtyard in the amphitheater, illuminating the entire space. And here in the center of Bow Myrtle, it has this kind of alluring glow from a distance. And then once you step within the light, the surrounding buildings seem to kind of fade into the distance because of these sort of bright lights. It almost gives you the sensation of being on stage. Like this <laughs> sort of whole courtyard area makes everybody in here feel a little, like, sort of center stage as if the spotlight was on them. It's no longer just the elven woman serving food and drinks, but at least two or three others. It seems like she does have other staff when it gets busy, additional help. It's not a raucous crowd, but there's a steady din of laughter, conversation. And you remark on the diversity of the clientele, the class diversity, everything from people in simple laborers' rags to fine flowing silk robes. With the variety of offerings on the menu, the wine, the entertainment, you get the sense that Satyria has done an excellent job catering to all walks of life, and no one looks sort of uncomfortable or out of place among their neighbors. Sort of take in the surroundings, look around, and across the courtyard you see muttering under their breath at each other, Erland and Sephira approach in the opposite direction just at about that time. Okay. They haven't noticed you yet, if there was something you wanted to do. Yeah, Orba's gonna They're duck talking. into the... Oh my god. Relax. The <laughs> alehouse. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky. Sure, you do so. They did not see you. Snake. There's lots of people oh, here. There you go. Um, excellent. And she's going to go to get a drink. whoever's... Satyria's working the main bar, yes. Good evening. Hey, you're back. Yes. Did you go to Sarn or, or the Maze? Did you have a good time? Oh, I believe my friends did, yes. I'm sure they had a oh, wonderful time. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, could I buy, um, like a bottle of wine? 
Uh, sure. Again, uh, the fairy's hex or the river bend. Riverbend. Great, that's um, one gold for the bottle. Oh, spectacular. And then may I have three glasses? Yes, of course. Excellent. <laughs> Celebrating something? Yes, I believe so. Excellent. <laughs> Brings the bottle over, a couple of glasses. Remains to be seen. It's busy, but can I get you anything else before I leave? Oh, um, no, I don't believe so. Okay, Thank great. You. Have a good time. Thank you. And she walks away. I was gonna, like... Gather all the stuff up in her hands and try to like carefully move it sure. back outside. You do so. Give me a perception check, both of you, as you're re-entering the courtyard here at the Ubay. Oh, the waitress. So sad. <laughs> the waitress. Sixteen. Twelve. <laughs> as you guys are kind of coming back into the area, like I said, Orba kind of arrived there just before. You didn't notice her, but there's a couple sort of just things you see around as you guys are re-entering the sort of lively area of, of revelry. First of all, you see a group that's huddled around one table, and they're they're kind of in a circular formation, and they're sort of one person's in the middle that seems to be answering questions to people around the circle that are asking questions. You'll hear someone kind of shout something out, and the person will give like a yes or no answer. And uh, you recognize this game as you've seen before. It's called Monster in the Middle. And what happens is you sort of ante up, everyone throws in um, some copper, and then the person in the middle has a monster in mind. And the people around the perimeter have to, one question at a time, try and guess what the monster is. It's a little drinking, guessing, betting game. And then if you guess, you get all the coins that are in the middle. So it's a little game. So you see a number of people playing that. In addition, Erland happens to spot that Neil Bogus is here. Neil's Bogus. He's having a very intense and pointed conversation with another man who's seated, drinking, and looking very unamused at the sort of talking that Neil, he's quietly but very intense and sort of of pointing a little bit. And the other guy seems to be kind of (laughs) listening but kind of blowing him off. Not a man that you recognize, you haven't seen this person before. How close are they to the monster in the middle game? Um, Not very close, these are different parts, yeah, not right there. And at the end of their, they have a quick sort of quiet conversation, and at the end of that conversation, Neil's slams a little piece of paper or letter or something down on the table, and he points at him, and he slides it over to him, and then he kind of leaves in a huff. And you see the man sort of saw the paper, and he kind of puts his ale on top of it, and sits there kind of drinking. <laughs> so, you notice that as well. Um, and then... At the tail end of that, after looking around and spotting those couple of things, Orba comes out, bearing a few glasses and a bottle of wine. Oh. And so Vera kind of so, like, is really relieved to see her, kind of helps her with the wine, <laughs> gives her, like, a little hug. You got wine? Yeah. I got oh, glasses. So, so good news. Good yeah. news. Yeah, do you want the drink? Yes, I would love a drink. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and she'll try. As we're doing this, <laughs> I, I just want to keep that guy in the corner of my eye. And as Orba gets closer with the bottles, and you talk to her, she sort of comes over, sparkle in her eye. You look at her, and as you're talking to her, you notice something. Otherwise, looking entirely the same. Orba has eyes that are pulsing with a kind of faint greenish glow. And in the light, it's very, very hard to tell. Like, you didn't notice when she was far from you, and now that she's up close. You can see it just sort of in the iris, a very pulsing greenish glow that you imagine if it was in the dark, you'd actually be able to see it like glowing in the dark. But because it's here in the light, it's a little harder to notice. So you notice that. Does that look like uh, 
like a familiar magic or a, that we've seen or not or something using. Like okay, cool. Well, bud, at me. Yeah. What's in your? You've got something in your eye. Oh, you're under some it's sort a, of curse matches. or something. No, you're all right. Yeah, no. Kind of like <laughs> That's news to you as well. I mean, you haven't seen your reflection yet to right. this point. I'm gonna. Um, God damn it. <laughs> she just turns it off. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you've got this sort of. I'm gonna. Are we sitting at a table? Or are we. Can You're we standing in the court. There's tables around. Great. Can we, like, maybe okay. as we're talking, sort of. You may. Um, oh, okay. I feel fine. You've got. I'm gonna describe what we're sort of seeing in her, yeah. in her eyes. It's pulsing green. Again, it kind of fades back to her normal eye color and then pulses to kind of green and then fades back. So slowly. It's not fast. Okay, relax. It's okay. I am fine. You seem all right. Yeah, uh, I'm good. Okay. Can we sit and we good, can talk? Yes. Good brain. All right. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have a seat and yeah. perhaps you tell us what Sella said. I'd love to open the wine. Did yeah. You buy? This is nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And pops <laughs> 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 it open, yeah. pours some heavy pours into yeah. the three glasses. Yeah, Spear gives generous glasses of wine to everyone. Fits th- the bottle into three glasses. <laughs> yeah. Let me know when it seems like that guy's drink is getting close to the end. Give me a perception check. Ooh, Ooh good question. That's nice. Smart, smart. Six. Six. Okay, you, you, you're trying to keep an eye on him. It's not a, uh, it's not a glass. It's a tankard, so it, you can't see the amount. But you're kind of watching him take sips. You can certainly see if, like, at a moment he kind of, like, looks into it. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, so you're watching him at the moment. Okay, well, mine might be a bit of a long story, so tell me about your night first. Honestly, we went to the Sarn, the Sarn, the Darrow uh, weapons <laughs> the, you know, display. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing. Which was fine, impressive. They um, they use mica and extract sometimes to assist in... Very open about it. Very they literally opening. just came out and were like, yeah, you want to try just it? Just sort of accelerate the program. Yeah. Oh. Um, we wow, got okay. someone who... Trained under him and used Mike in an extract that we can talk to at the docks named uh, Vane Mahokra. Yeah. Okay. Goliath. And then we went oh, to. Oh, Goliath? Yeah, he left in sort he, of, you know, they said that he just couldn't afford the classes anymore, but we should ask him if that's really the case. To sort of case. see what the, perhaps the Mike in a dosage is like, some sort of. Yeah. And then we went to we went to the hedge maze and it was unfortunately uh, closed. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, However, and sort of, but it was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> sort of under our breath. Um, There's a pretty heavy din of conversation. Yeah. It's easy to talk without. However, the staff has sort of hired us to cheat and try and uh, win tomorrow. Oh, so that sounds like a thing we would do. Yeah, we figured why not. So, so we know what do. So now we know how to get all the flags that are in there and. Uh, oh. Wow. I don't know that that's actually useful information, but at the end of it, don't worry, Aura, we may get a pearl earring. Again, however, this seems... <laughs> you can keep it. If we get this it, seems I mean. significantly <laughs> less important than both Celis and your now glowing green eyes. Yes. You know, an I earring did. in the maze? It was, it was, it was I mean, I'm surprisingly uneventful. Yeah, no, I not, mean, not look, much. there's not many... We're sort of grasping at straws here, and, uh, and there's not much to Honestly, do until the sort of ambush. But tomorrow. I'm dying to hear about the. It's a very just kind of like a long. Sorry, just see where we get like a little self-conscious as if she like needs to worry about other people noticing it. Um. Well, the the meeting went really well. Um. I'm going to. Good. Um. I'm going to see Cliff soon. 
uh, possibly tomorrow, I'm, I'm not totally sure. If you see um, uh, people wearing dusty blue robes, those are the... <laughs> oh? Uh, do we see anyone wearing this? Give me a Brazilian. You both give me all the Brazilian. I know. Why did I fucking say that? Dusty blue. Dusty blue. Actually, can I make a crazy? Sure. All of them. That looks a little royal blue for me. Perception. Yeah. I can't believe I just rolled. Don't look now. Oh no. Thirteen. If there is anyone, you can't tell. Oh shit. Oh shit. Sorry. Those are acolytes. Those are people who you know, work for Cliff, so they're going to, like, uh, fetch me, I suppose. Well, this, oh. is, this is excellent yeah, news. Yeah, it's really good news. And I, I told Celis that if, if I, when I see Cliff, I'm going to talk about you and our Goliath friend, and and hopefully it will lead to good things. That's, oh, brilliant. Well, this is fantastic. Yeah, it, I thought that's hence the wine. It doesn't quite explain <laughs> the glowing green eyes, but this is all good news so far. It's mostly just some magic stuff. I honestly don't have a ton of information about it at the moment. What and did they say well, about... Does the, no, it, well, you don't... Hang on. You don't have a ton of... So that was a spell, I'm assuming, that was, like, done to you? Uh, no. Mm, I don't totally know. Well, um, what, well, you, were, on, you were presenting them with... Know? You were presenting them with... Yes, I presented the ring, and we're all good. What does that mean? Oh, okay. Because I'm not getting sent back no, to the No, we're skipping okay. some steps. No, hold on. I'm totally <laughs> skipping no. some steps. So, and I'm saying, maybe I'm not ready to share all of the information yet, because it's all very fresh, and it's a little overwhelming, and I don't have all the answers yet. What about the okay, page? Well, yeah. <laughs> what about the page? is not. It's also at this moment that you see the guy kind of look into his cup, and he looks like he's looking around for maybe a... Okay, um, I, uh, get, uh, okay, here's what's gonna happen. Uh-huh. I'm gonna spill my drink, don't ask questions, there's no time. I'm gonna Just spill my, it. I'm gonna spill my drink on it's the person, nice. and then, and I do it, you're going to grab the piece of paper, whichever one of you, there's a piece of paper under his drink, mm-hmm. and you're gonna grab the piece of paper when I spill my drink on him, alright? No questions. And I'm gonna start walking <laughs> over. Okay. Is, is someone following yes, me? I'm gonna I start walking I'm over, and oh, just gosh. gonna kinda get close to him. <laughs> He and looks like, like he's trying to kind of flag someone down. And as I like, the paper's still on the ground, yeah, on, on the table, yeah? Yep, it is still on the table. I'm going to sort of like walk past him and, oh! <laughs> oh! Make a performance check. Oh my god. The two best <laughs> actors over there. Yeah, um, I know! Fuck! Ten? Ten. Sir. What the oh, fuck? shit, 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 shit. I'm so sorry. I'm going to start trying to like pad his... It like, kind of pushes you I'm away. I'm so sorry. This is entirely I, my is fault. Is there any opportunity here while this is I happening? I mean, he's seated at the table. He's looking at Erlen. So if the table's kind of here in front of him, Erlen spilled it here. So he's pushing Erlen away. So he's not looking at it, but it's okay. close. I'm sorry. Please, this is... I'm going to like pull up Can my I... cloak. So, uh, uh, the the Saphira's cloak, okay. right? So I'm going to pull it up <laughs> so that it like is kind of blocking his view of the table. Give as me a gonna... deception check and a sleight of hand check. And it's going to be oh contested against his... Perception. Like, pull out a magnum. Uh, of hands? Yeah. Seventeen on deception. Sorry. Um, eighteen. 18. Oh. Sort of pushes on that bag, and finally you bring your cloak up, and he gives you. He moves towards you, so he can give you a shove because you're kind of getting in his business a little bit. Get away from me. I'm so sorry. I was just trying to dry off your clothes. I'm so sorry. Just, it's fine. All right. Um. Do, can I see if the paper's still on the table? And Safira's kind of walking away with a piece of paper. I'm so... Can I, can I buy your next round? No. All right. Fuck off. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to kind of keep walking past him towards the bar. Okay. He looks like he's kind of wringing his shirt a little bit when he's standing there. I'm just going to go to the bar and uh, try and see Satira if she's I'm going to go back to there. Orba. Okay. I would like to say that throughout the whole thing, Orba just sat there with two hands on his lap. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just wanted to celebrate. Coming back. Okay. Yep. 
you head over to the So, yeah. I'm over Um, Hey, good to see you again. Your, your room's ready. Oh, excellent. And up the stairs, last one on the left. Uh, up the stairs, last one on the left. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and thank you. Uh, up the stairs. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> far away from all the other lefts I wrote down. Yeah, seriously. Um, oh my God. Uh, thank you so much for the recommendations on the maze and the, the weapons show. Really sure. quite spectacular. Glad you had a good time. Your friend said that you went, so I'm glad. Uh, yes. Um, uh, has Del Dune swung by at all? Um, you know... As luck may have had it, one of the Radiran elves that's been trying to negotiate the cliff happened by, and I mentioned your name and your description. He remembered you, and he seemed to think that you owed him something. Ah, scared? He implied that if you didn't have it, that he wasn't all that interested in speaking with you. Scared scare, right? Is that yes. Right? You made promises to both yes. dogs. Yes. We made a lot Oops. <laughs> and could you tell me which Radiran elf it was so I know which promise I need to keep? You <laughs> made promises to both of them. Oh my god. Sure. Well, Actually, I only made whatever. Well, I think whatever you owe, you should have all of it before I arrange a meet. Okay. Thank you. And she kind of ducks away. You can tell that, like... Your sort of insight, just having sort of spoken to her, it didn't seem like when he, when she spoke to them that they said terrible things about you. She, she you know, she was facilitating yeah, this conversation. Okay. She just seemed like she wants you to prove that you actually mean them well. Yeah, that's the clear impression that you got. So, um, so as you're doing oh, that, sorry, I, I want to just buy a, a shitty ale. Oh, something. sure. So you can. Yeah, it's uh, their cheaper one is uh, oh, six copper for now. <laughs> Your shittiest ale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The As he's doing one. that, you walk back over to Orba. Uh, trying to discreetly. <coughs> no idea what I just stole. I have absolutely no idea what this what, is. What does it say? Uh, you looking at it? Kind of trying to be a little discreet. Mm-hmm. We should also we should we should keep it from Merlin. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? Well, I dropped it. Just uh, yeah, I ate yeah. it. Yeah. I read it and I ate it. it. Okay. Well, then, yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm gonna tell him I dropped it. No. Uh, you, okay, so you told me I was done hearing about this mutant nonsense. Oh, this mutant nonsense. You told me it was cleaned up, and now I find out from one of Hatchet's boys that it's been spotted again. Fuck. Don't drag me into your shit ever again, McKenna. I am haunted day and night by this catastrophe. I want a face-to-face meeting, and I want it now. Send your little goon with a time and place. Well, shit. So do we think that was the goon, or do we think that was McKenna? I don't know. Hmm? I didn't see who the, got spilled on. Yeah. He's, he's kind of up at the moment. He's You can see he's kind of looking around to see if he maybe dropped something. <sighs> Shit. Well, I mean, you don't recognize him. You haven't seen him before. Um, or was going to take out a parchment and her ink and quill really quickly. Uh, does she... Can she peek around real, to see where Erland is? Yeah, we'll say, I mean, it was further for him to walk to the bar, so you, he's still talking to Satiri at the moment. Copy it. Uh, if he gets nervous, maybe we can drop it somewhere, and if he can find it. I mean, I guess it would be... This, was it sealed, or was it just no, a note? No, it was not sealed. So, oh, okay. lucky, wasn't sealed. At least we can drop it, that way he doesn't know anyone took it. Can you copy it down quickly? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna copy that one down first. Okay. Plus, how am I gonna... I'm so sorry. So gonna, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna copy that really quickly, okay. and then if there's time, I'm gonna write. 
I'm gonna write. Okay, how about? <laughs> and she's gonna write on a piece of paper, and then I'm just gonna have it give it to Sophia. Okay. So you see a man, as this is going on, you see, you're sort of keeping an eye on him over there, and he seems to go up to one of the maybe bartenders, and he grabs him, and he sort of seems to be motioning that like maybe he lost something, and you can see the bartender kind of... And he sort of... Hold that. Quite, quite quickly, because yep. got a problem. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'll give oh, you the... Okay, so I, I take then the original note. Sure. Um, and I want to just kind of like walk up when when he has his back turned, if he's sure. kind of like looking away, and I just want to drop it. Okay, give me the like, check with advantage since you're waiting for him to sort of turn away. You were... I'm not <laughs> leaving that open right there. Okay, <clears throat> with advantage. Yep. With advantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ten. Ten. Okay, you get behind, wait for him to kind of turn away, and you drop it. And he turns quickly, and he does see you, but you're kind of quickly turning away. And the first thing he spots is the note on the ground, he kind of... And he stuffs it into his pocket. And he walks away from this. So Erlen, you're now returning. That's the one. Um... (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, just, I, I don't, it's shit. I just wanted to uh, make it look like I was crossing to buy a drink. Oh, okay, because uh, I got them. Yeah, I know, I, I, it, was, it was part of it. I, I'm drinking the... Is it different? Um, You're drinking her wine now? Is that no, the, I'm oh. drinking my wine. He can't have my wine. Okay, I'll finish this his. beer and then I'll pour your wine into I just needed a reason to cross. Okay. Anyways, did the note say anything? Yeah. You're welcome to read it. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, so Niels Bargis wrote to that man, you stink, Grimari, why you so stinky? I think it's in a mystery. So that man that Niels Bargis was talking to was Grimari, and he was very stinky in this situation? It checks out. It checks out perfect. I don't know what your problem is. Absolutely checks out. We're not keeping secrets. We would never keep secrets. This could be a real big deal. Is this really the time for a joke? (laughs) What did the note say? (laughs) Wouldn't you like to know? We we have to return it, actually, because we got the copy of it. That's a good idea. Okay, so you did get the note. We got it, yes. Yes, yes, very funny. Uh, Good. So, would you like to read it? I would love to read it. Do you want to have it? Here, take it. One big glass of wine. <laughs> Shit goes wow. everywhere. After reading the first sentence, Owen's gonna. This is funny to you. Uh, you, your reaction to yeah, it? Absolutely hilarious. This is the time for jokes. Completely worth it. Was that Mr. I mean, I don't. Your, I don't your guess is better than I. You're the one who saw the thing. Well, I, I don't think it is Mr. McKenna because it sounds like he's instructing a goon to go talk to Mr. McKenna. So maybe that's the goon. No, don't drag me into your shit ever again, McKenna. Yeah. It seems like he wrote that too. We can ask someone if that was Mr. McKenna, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Or just who who was that person who was angrily yelling at the bartender? I suppose it's a totally fair question. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know why? You could even have the pretense of, hey, I spilled my drink on that guy. I hope he doesn't come for me later. Yes, yes, it's a very fair question to ask a bartender. 
Sure, I don't see why not. He has left, by the way. Yeah, the guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to get up and go to the bar and uh, sort of sure. the bartender that uh, the guy was yelling at. Sure. Uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah. Um, who what can was, I get you? Who was that man uh, yelling at you? Just I got into an altercation with him as well. Oh, no, it was just a misunderstanding. Nothing to worry but about. He yelled at me as well. Do I need to be worried about him? Uh, no, no. He, he works at the ports. And then... Ganner. His name's Ganner. G-A-N-O-R. Ganner. Does that seem true to me that his name is? Make sense. <laughs> his name's fucking Smixmash. Uh, Dirty Twenty. Yeah, it does. I mean, he seemed to know the guy. Yeah. G A was it? G A N O R Ganner. Mr. Boone. <laughs> don't worry about it. He was totally. He thought that I had taken something, but I didn't. So. Oh, all right, sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll sit back down. Um, it's not McKay. It's Ganner. I suppose you're yeah. right. It's I so want it's a face-to-face good. meeting. It's. Send your little goon. Goon with a time <coughs> and place. Ganner goon. Ganner goon. No. Ganner goon. Oh, yeah, that guy's Ganner the goon. No, he's one of the Ganner's one of Hatchet's boys. Oh, perhaps don't drag me into your shit. No, McKenna. Mm. No, McKenna is. Who gave the note? It was easier to decipher the You So Stinky. That one, we had a better time with that one. I saw Niels Vargas, who we visited, sort of intensely yelling at this Ganner. Oh, okay. So, Niels. Vargas, I think, knows more than he was letting on. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that we have at least some smoking gun now that he's involved. Absolutely, we do. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, that's a good phrase. Um, additionally, uh, what was it we owed Sked Skier again? Lots of things. What was it? Fuck everything. We owed him basically... We owed him 150 gold. Shit. Oh, we owed shit. him Mike and an extract, and right. we owed him supplies. Fucking. Well, if we're gonna get Mike and an extract, at least we're in a place where it's readily fucking available. Very true. Fuck's sake. I do not... Still hate that we made that promise, but yeah. yeah I don't have this money. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not shelling out 150 gold. What else should we ask him? You know, How much is this earring? Not 150 gold. Really? We don't know that. I think uh-huh. we can safely guess. Regardless, um, Sked Skier may be in the area. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. So okay. we just avoid him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. So, don't wear the pronounced hat around him. Hang on, but why... So why were you trying to track him? Well, d- uh, d- Satira, Satira mentioned Radira Nels. Right. So why do you have to? Because I knew that we owed Skedskir something. So you think that if we avoid them, they'll avoid us? But now don't they know <laughs> where you are? Well, they know where. They track you down trying to, you know, collect the debt. Well, huh? That's what I'm saying. Is they they know that we're here because we talked to Satiria. Yes, but they know that we know the Radira Nels because oh, of what you specifically said. I to didn't them. say anything to them. No. She mentioned the Radira Nels and then you... No, I brought up Skedskir. I said that we had met him in our travels. Right. Okay, so if we run into him, what are we going to do? Say we don't have 150 gold. Oh, but bullshit. Yes. I mean, we... I mean, I, I call bullshit on that. I think he will too. So what's our plan for when he says, yeah, you're lying? Well, you can provide him with He sees us wearing one pearl earrings and be like, you're rich. (laughs) We could provide him uh, with the name of a 
A micro dealer? Oh yeah, because that's what he wanted. He wanted the so name of a place where he could buy it and not the stuff itself. Honestly, I don't know if he needs that kind of connection. I mean, you can find the connection. People are very comfortable with micro extract here. I would imagine if you just went up to somebody and was like, "Can I buy some?" They'd be like, "Sure." That's true. Well, uh, we well, haven't well, seen anyone who's advertising that we sell Mykonid extract. We've seen people advertising Mykonid. Yes, well, um, we're not in the correct location, right? I believe McKenna is supposed to be It would be the ports, yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Graven and uh, Bizarro will have some. Maybe. Right. Um, is that really all, mm -hmm. Tiefling? That's all, that's all we need to... You're not in danger? You're not in... It's just you're waiting now I'm for... I'm assuming that she's probably still in the cliff? same amount of danger that you were in before. No, I mean regarding the sort of physical changes. Uh, no, I'm not in any danger. Um, Yes, I'm just waiting on cliff and... Yeah. Then you're sure you're not in any danger? Because you did originally say that you weren't sure what the glowing eyes thing was. I think it's just um a side effect of, of, of what I experienced. Um, uh, which yeah. was... As you guys are waiting there for a moment, someone kind of wanders over to you. We're uh, losing a couple players. Did you know how to play monster in the middle? Is there gambling? Yeah. Orba gets up and <laughs> grabs her wine in the bottle. Yeah, I'd love to play. Monster in the middle? Monster all right. You have a plate? Monster. Monst I got three more players. And yeah. they're all kind of like, yeah. And they point <laughs> over and leads you over. And as you guys are walking over there, we're briefly going to go back to the other side. Or Graven having left the Cleaver's house, you did have one other thing you can have changed your mind, but you, after you visited the Cleavers, were planning on stopping by the Militia Reserves to... was the last thing you had said. But are you still planning to do that? That's, <laughs> and that's where the... What? No, no, no. The one where the Thorsten is about the murders. The other yes. thing that... Um, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Villapon Willoughby told you about. Yes. Is that where you were still headed? I would like to go there. Yes. It, it, I would get there before I would get back to the... Yeah, it actually is kind of between those two points. There's the bar and then the cleavers, and it's between those two. I think I had the. Yeah, actually, let me bring up the map. Jason. The moon. There's one around now. What did you think it was moon? Murder. Um, so. Your. Turn that on. You were up here somewhere at the cleavers' house. Yeah. The all hands on deck is down here at this large stone building. This here is the. And literally, the, I mean, the contract was Thorsten... Yeah, so you heard about the contract of the Broken Crown. He, there's some apparently some deaths have happened. He thinks that they might be related. The Broken Crown did not think so. And the Broken Crown has been asking uh, Villapont to look, to look into, into them, it. but he hasn't had time to, so he's asking you to do it mm -hmm. in his stead. Yeah. So not far from the ports, but removed from the kind of typical hubbub and bustle, is a kind of semicircle of stone structures in a little courtyard. And each of them has a flag extending up past the roof that flaps methodically in the breeze, kind of. And it bears the emblem of an anchor and a scimitar. And the buildings aren't in great shape, shingles missing from the roofs. There's a general buildup of weathered scum on the foundations from a lack of regular cleaning. And one lone guard sits outside the front of one of the doors, leather armor, faded green in color, and he has a pelt draped over his shoulders. There's a shield bearing the same anchor scimitar emblem leaning up against the wall behind him. And he kind of has a thousand yard stare that gets broken only as you get very, very close. Not exactly keeping sort of a, a vigilant watch. Mm. 
Looking for Thorsten. If somebody's stolen something, I can't get it back for you. It's about his contract. He sort of said so. Really? Yes. Did Bernard sent you? So you can tell him the joke's getting old. I don't know who that is. Who are you? I don't recognize you. I'm a traveling bounty hunter. Looking for contracts. Why would it be a joke that somebody would want to actually come do it? Everyone thinks I'm an idiot. Okay, they don't think there's anything to this. I've yes. had a couple times the boys think it's funny to send someone and say, Oh, I'm here to look at the thing, and then... <laughs> Big joke. You are Thurston. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about what's going on. He sort of looks you up and down for a moment. Okay. He gets up out of his stool. He sort of he knocks over his shield as he gets up and he sort of oh, um, uh, he sort of looks. I'm the only one here at the moment, so come on in. He opens the door. And he pushes his way in. And he leads you inside where your footsteps immediately start to echo. There's a lack of furniture or any other people making a very cold and listless open room with a couple lamps hanging on the walls. It almost looks like a keep that's changing ownership but the new occupants haven't moved in yet. And unceremoniously laid out on two mismatched tables on the far wall are three bodies. A human, a tiefling, and a dwarf. And because of gentle repose, and you recognize the effects of the spell, there's absence of the usual signs of decay. Even if they've been dead for a little while, they all seem relatively fresh. Sort of the spell cast upon them. Who cast gentle repose on these bodies? Mr. Ainsley did. For you, at your behest? Yes. Why did he think it was important? I don't know that he did. I paid him. Right, go on. Okay. But nowadays, people only really come to us for insignificant rubbish. We don't really have the authority to dress anyway. But look, this, these bodies, this is what we're supposed to be here for. Protecting the people. I imagine the gentle void have taken over for what you would hope to be working on in this area. The militia reserve was made during the war to provide emergency assistance in any way. But yeah, the Gentle Void mostly took over those duties after the war. People trust the Gentle Void, for whatever reason, so... We've mostly been relegated to... Well, nothing, really. <laughs> How many other than you were in this service? Technically, eight. Those that show up to work, one. Look, honestly, I don't know what to think at this point. I've made such a stink about it, just on a gut feeling, the Militia Reserve has this small operating budget that normally goes right into the pockets of our captains, so we barely do anything that requires any money. And it took me threatening to out their little bonuses the captains were taking for them to agree to cough up the money for the gentle repose and broken crown contract. I'll be honest, it's probably my job if I don't come up with anything on this, but fuck it, right? I am no stranger to conspiracies and I understand I just want someone who isn't broken crown to take a good look and tell me whether I'm crazy or not I'll accept the results whatever it is sometimes you just I have to know and I'm, I'm just I'm not smart enough to do it myself 
Honest. Good. Go on. Details. Let me tell you what I got. He sort of gets into a little bit of a focus here. He walks over to the box. I love this. (laughs) Okay, the first one. The tiefling was discovered on the south bank of the river ten days ago. She drowned, and she washed up right behind reciprocity, but it looked like she drifted downriver before that. There's a den a little further upriver that's known as a place to indulge. A micro den. Yeah. So she may have come from there. Couldn't say that for certain. Now the second, the dwarf, and he walks over, was an apprentice to the medic and surgeon Joe Magosto. I don't know if you know who that is. Where, where is he located? Uh, she, and she's located here in Wampranina. Apprentice, uh, yes, he was her apprentice. She's a, a medic, a, a medic. surgeon. Very widely known. Very good. He was found three days later, after the tiefling, stabbed repeatedly in the chest and abandoned in the woods just south of the road coming in from Nagawas. So he sort of indicates, first of all, he can describe to you um, Joe Magosto's clinic is... This sort of L-shaped building right there. Code. <laughs> Got it. And so now he's describing this, uh, the first body that he described, the tiefling, dropped right behind reciprocity, so like in the river right there, but he thought that it had drifted further down from further upriver. So and that's the, where it was found. The den would be closer to the, the den. Woods. He's saying the den is further upriver, yeah. And then the second one, three days after the tiefling, stabbed repeatedly in the chest and abandoned the Abandoned in the woods, barely south of the road coming in from Nagawas. So here's the road coming in from Nagawas, so it's, yeah. he was found, like, in the woods here. Now the last one, the man, was found dead in a room at the deck four days after the dwarf. So three days ago from today. And he was shot in the gut with a crossbow bow. Apparently he worked at the toll ports doing bookkeeping or something. Now look, I get it. Three different times, three different methods, three different spots. Nothing connecting them personally or professionally as far as I can tell. But here's the thing. None of them were killed in the middle of nowhere. And not a single person that I've talked to mentioned anything about hearing a struggle. Now, the tiefling who drowned, right? Maybe nobody heard because the only people around were laced out on my crawl, right? It's possible, I suppose. But the paralytic effects of Mycroll doesn't prevent you from being able to hear. And why did nobody hear yelling just off the road to Nagawas? People come and go on those roads day and night, and nobody said that they heard a cry for help. And how was there no reports of street screaming at the deck? That place is packed at all hours. None of them were killed in a way that would be quick enough to prevent a cry for help. Yet we don't have a single report of anything of the kind. Sort of looks at you for one. It's flimsy. What can I say? Who were these people? Did they have families? Tiefling's name is Carlotta. That's all I could get. Not that people not that many people seem to know her. She was apparently known as a pretty good pickpocket. It's the only information I could get. She didn't seem to be from here in Navikapur, but she came into town, or does come into town, to Take my crawl at the dead. Not even from another area of Navikapur, not from Navikapur at all. Not that I could find. And the other two, you have no idea who nope. they are. I know more about them. 
okay, the dwarf's name is Percy Orland. And I talked to Joe Magosto, who acknowledged that Percy had apprenticed with her for some time, and she was very sad to hear of his passing, as well as disappointed that all his training had gone to waste. She hadn't noticed anything unusual about Percy's behavior leading up to his death. And she doesn't know why he would be traveling to Nagawas, but I guess it didn't seem strange to her. They travel to other townships sometimes. The man's name is Christopher Chauncey. And Christopher was known to a lot of the dock workers. I spoke to quite a few of them, but none of them had any idea why anyone would want to hurt him. He didn't do much besides keep records at the toll ports. He's a bookkeeper. And his friends didn't recall any strange interactions or friends or people speaking to him that was out of the ordinary. He frequented all hands on deck, just like everyone else, so it wasn't unusual for him to be there. Like I said, it's not a lot. None of them had any other connections to each other that you, that you could find? That any alliances to... You can see that he's, like, getting a little nervous. Not that I found, no. Ten days ago, seven days ago, six days ago. No, it was ten days ago was the first death. Yeah. And then three days later. Three days later. So that would be seven days ago from today. Yeah. And then uh four days after that. Oh so So three days ago three was the most recent ago. death. Oh yeah. my god. And you've already you've spoken to Joe. Yes. Like I said, she seemed very broken up about it. She was very sad. Drug trader. Who else have you talked to? Have, I talked to people drug at the trade? Is it, is it gentle void dealings under the table? Is it... How am I supposed to know that? I'll look around. Okay. I'll try to ask some questions. Did you want to take a look at the bodies? Yes. Who would you like to look at? Are they all covered? Can I no, see them? They're no, they're naked. They're, they're, it looks like they're naked and laid out, and there's a pile nearby of, like, there's some clothes. It looks like the weapons that he spoke of were collected. There's a small hand crossbow and a dagger, like, off to the side. So the weapons that were weapons used to kill them were left with the bodies, is, is, uh, is what it seems like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's go in order. Let's go with the ten days ago first. The tiefling first. Yeah. Give me an investigation check. Oh, oh holy God. Sherlock Graven. <laughs> um, Sherlock Graven. <laughs> investigation. Fourteen. Fourteen. You get over to the tiefling. You sort of bend down a little bit. Give a good look, kind of up and down the body. The first thing that you notice right off the bat is you look at her face, and there seems to be bruising and cuts around her lips and chin. The cuts are unusually clean, not like sort of, like as if cut by a blade or a piece of glass. And at a closer look, you sort of pull at her lip a little bit, and there's glass caught on the inside of her mouth and in her gums. It looks like maybe a bottle of some kind was broken across her jaw, or some kind of glass object was smashed into her face. Like maybe somebody had a vial of a type of something, put it in her mouth. Any, tr- I mean, she drowned, so traces of any kind of liquid, anything in there would be. You didn't say anything of that. Anything like you that. You continue to take a look after seeing sort of markings on her face. 
And are you going to the next body? Sorry, are you? Mm, I'm more down the throat. Uh, <laughs> that's as far as the, that's all you can tell. Okay. You open the mouth a little bit, and a couple of the yeah. teeth are broken too. So okay. there's additional sort of sense that there was some kind of force that she was hit. With. But the the idea is that they died from drowning. This one. That's what he was okay. saying. Yes. That seemed like that was not the cause of death. Was these? Okay. It doesn't look grievous enough for yeah. the impact to have been the cause of death. Okay. One. Take a look. Give me an investigation check. 14 again. Wow. You look him up and down. Nothing particularly stands out about the way he was killed. Like the person, like uh, Thorsten said, he has a number of stab wounds, you know, in his chest, around the rib cage. And the stab wounds, because there was a number of them, sort of the skin is torn up pretty good. But you take a closer look at it, and it would have been easy to miss but it looks like there was kind of a small butterfly tattoo that is now sort of carved up because of the stabbings. So that easily could have been overlooked at a certain point. And it's centralized around there where it's like, maybe somebody was trying to not have people see that there was that there. Wait, Possibly. It... There's stab wounds not just there. He yeah. stabbed in a number of spots, so... Maybe, but there's not but a grouping like that elsewhere, the, just where uh, the There isn't is. a grouping at all. It's oh. just a couple of the stab wounds were near the tattoo, so it broke it up a little bit. It makes okay. it hard to see. It doesn't okay. look like necessarily someone intentionally okay. was carving out that spot. Okay. That's what you notice. Next. <laughs> Take a look at the man. Give me an investigation check. Big boy, big boy. No whammies. <laughs> That's a whammy. It's a one. It's one. Give him a good look up and down. You don't seem to find anything. That's the crossbow one. Yep. I mean, clearly there's a puncture wound, fairly large. That was from a bolt of crossbow. Anything? I'll... Going back to the first one, I'll describe... You know anything about this... Well, the glass in their mouth? I didn't see the glass. I, I, I did notice that she, your mouth was busted up pretty good. That doesn't look like something that just happens being dragged along in the river. That's... Something that could have happened before they died. I guess now that you say that, yeah, it looks like it was cut pretty sharp. You think that's something? Perhaps. Anything else about where she was found? Anything else that was with her, or who found her? Um, Senka, one of Senka's employees, found her behind reciprocity. How many? <laughs> how many employees does she have? Quite a few, I think. I don't know. A dozen? Okay. And this butterfly tattoo on the next, on the dwarf. What butterfly tattoo? Well, it, there used to be a butterfly tattoo here, but near these stab wounds. So it takes a closer look. Do you recognize this? I can't believe I didn't see that. No. Sort of. No. So stupid. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> these things can get missed. And he sort of holds up a finger. He goes over to the pile of kind of clothes, the crossbow, the dagger. He sort of digs a little bit. And he picks up the dagger and turns it to you. And there's a butterfly engraved in the handle of the dagger. Stabbed with his own dagger. Have you seen it before anywhere else? Is there some kind of gang or group or family? No, but my thought was it's his. Butterfly tattoo? Butterfly on the dagger? Perhaps, but you'd think that that wouldn't be the only two places it would show up. It would probably be from somewhere else as well. 
Maybe. I thought maybe family crest or something. Do people dis- proudly display family crests in this part of the country that much? Sure, some. Well, see if you... You don't have a piece of jewelry or a weapon that's <laughs> has any kind of... Something from your family? <laughs> I have something like that. Necklace? <laughs> What's your symbol? It's, it sort of takes it out from under his shirt. And there's a little kind of... Um, it's like a crescent moon, but then there's like teeth in it. <laughs> Wolf bite moon. It's just an old family symbol. Does everyone in your family wear one? Not everyone. A lot of people do. It's just something that's been passed down. What about the knife itself? Is there a, a knife maker in town that would maybe you could check with, or I could check with, to see who they made it for? The only blacksmith is Season Fulbrook. Where's that? In uh, Nakuzi. Everything's so spread out around here. <laughs> Sorry. It's not your fault. Well, I didn't notice anything about the crossbow death, but see if you can look into the. I will also look into it, but see if you recognize. Ask around about the butterfly. Okay. I'll take the knife for now. Okay. He hands it to you. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> Do an athletics check. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think if the if the dagger is his, which we don't know for sure, could the crossbow belong to the man? Is there is any the, markings on the crossbow? So he picks it up and inspects it. But maybe. Maybe he's killing them with their own weapons. That would be a link between them all, yeah? That would be weird. Why not just use your own weapon? It would be weird. And why not yes. kill all of them with different weapons? Or kill all of them with the same weapon? Right. First one drowned. <laughs> Maybe she didn't have a weapon on her. Maybe she only had a vial of a poison or something. You saw poison? I don't know. That was my best guess about the, the glass in the mouth. Maybe they put something in their mouth and shut their mouth on it. Force them to take some kind of... My crawl comes in a vial. A thin vial that might smash if you bit on it? Yeah. Where's this den? He describes it. It's the last house on the end here. Oh, okay. So it's like not in the woods or anything. Okay. It's right inside the tunnel. Smashed my crawl. She's paralyzed. You throw her in the river. She drowns because she's paralyzed. I I understand why you've been suspicious of all this. Okay. It is it is strange. You can see him getting like like almost like relief kind of washing over him. <laughs> that he, like he felt like he was going crazy. Like every time he told someone. You know, we got the same response. Like, there don't seem to be related to anything of that kind. I have other things on my plate at the moment, but I will look into this. Perhaps I'll start at the bike crawl den. You can start with the butterfly. All right. In which case, I'm going to give you the knife back here. I'll look into this. Sure. And uh, items from the from the tiefling. Can I take anything? Oh, she doesn't have anything except her clothes. Just there was clothes. like a there was like a robe there that's pretty you know beat up at this point because it's in the water. Go through it. Just you can you just do quickly. There's no pockets or anything. It was purely just like a. It seemed very 
sort of cheap too. It was not like a nice robe or anything of that kind. Yeah. I'll take note of her face and sure. exactly what they look like. And... All right, I'll start there. I think I'll look into it. What we should be thinking about, and you can see like the gears kind of turning in his head, is why they would be using their own weapons against them and not just use a weapon of their own. It's easy to make it look like not a string of murders, easy to make it look like yes. a bunch of scuffles or arguments or one-off killings. I agree, but why not just use a dagger three times? Stab wounds don't look related necessarily. But then they would inherently be related as stabbings. I guess people And then you'd stabbed. have more than one person looking into it, probably. That's probably true. This is, a, this is a worthy endeavor. This is. It's a worthy endeavor. That's what I said. <laughs> Thank I'll you. I'll check back with you tomorrow at some point. Okay. Um, All right. I'll go uh, ask around about the dagger, but uh, I'll try to meet you back here at some point. Okay. I'm the only one working here tomorrow, so... Thorsten. Yes. Graven. Nice to meet you, Graven. Maybe don't use my name around at the moment. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay. Or my, just, just work on it, just focus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are, I, I just yeah, want to I, I know, but if it, somebody is asking about a Goliath around town, perhaps don't say that you will. Okay. Okay? Yeah, that's fine. Good. See you tomorrow. Okay start to head out and just as you kind of reach the threshold of the door he sort of thanks thank you no turn around and give him a go good luck and as Graven wanders into the night back toward the direction of the all hands on deck tavern with hopes of meeting up with Bizarre that is where we will end wow. for Ooh. the evening starting it up with Monster this a little murder Aww. mystery in Wamparanina. Just a little bit of a... Graven did some pretty good investigation this year. Don't you have a negative I have a intelligence negative. modifier? Yeah. A negative yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> so I rolled two 15s and then a one. Good job, man. <laughs> good job. You were like, yes, yes, yes. fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naked, naked, still murdered. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much yeah. for joining us, oh, always. Before we sign off, uh, Scala Grammar reset for 14 months. Thank, thank you so much. So, so much. Yes, thank you. It was very nice. There's a lot covered in this episode all the way back to remember there was a solo session at the beginning of this episode the, the only two characters that have been together for most of this episode these two yes. all yeah. three of us are on our own and we've We're done fuck off <laughs> yeah. done. a little lead there at the end tag and a maze yeah, a little lead there at the end actually pretty yep. good lead thank god you saw that that was a good swipe that was a good swipe um, um, was good stinky. checks all around he rolled a 13 on his perception. It was so low. You guys rolled very like 13, 14, 15? Uh, that is shit. Someone rolled 18. Oh, yeah, but thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back yeah. next time. Oh, Sunday. and uh, sorry, Lord Gasuma raided us. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing a stream so on crafting, which sounds oh. delightful. Ooh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, we always go back and watch their stuff after because we're streaming. I know, it's a sad conflict. Thank you guys so much. Uh, lots to check out, lots to investigate, and we'll pick it up there next week. Yeah. yeah. Have a good night. On Halloween. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> this is the end. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of A Peek Beneath the Veil on Tabletop Notch. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend or leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. 
it would be wise for you to do so. After all, there is always room in our party for more adventurers near and far. Until next time, just remember, your presence is a gift.